Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Damn Sports Show on Stereo, the Young Black Father Sports Desk. I am your boy Q, and yeah, as you can hear in the background, we are watching the game. So, um, yeah, excuse any other background music or background noise. Excuse the background noise, but um, fuck it, we're gonna have fun tonight. Q is, of course, Q is here. Blue is here. Greg is here. He's on mute right now because he's doing the same thing that I'm doing. And welcome back, Cashley. Welcome back. Yeah. I'm glad that you're feeling better. Um, last week she had to miss um, because she, um, uh, Lady COVID, left, left, her, left her period panties on her door, on her yeah. door, on her doorknob. <laughs> Rona got me. She got well, me. I hope you're feeling better. Well, Thank you. It's not, it's not better. Glad you're feeling better. Welcome back. Um, we're here for another week. So, can I can I just say this really quick, you? Go um, ahead. It's not Greg. It's the takedown king. So you can inform. Oh, we're gonna talk. Are we gonna talk about that uh, a little My later? In the show. Yes, you did have. Yes, you did have a amazing takedown on Fanduel on Thursday for the Thursday night football game, and we're gonna talk about that in a minute. But hey, how was everyone's week? Uh, mine was good. Oh, go ahead, Lou. Sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I uh, had a pretty decent week. Was really, really busy at work. Uh, but uh, we celebrated my uh, little girl's 13th birthday yesterday. So, um, you know, she went over to see her point with her friends and everything while I was at work, of course. But um. She uh, she said she had a good day, was happy, and I just want her to stop growing up. That's all. I, I'm with you 100% on that. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, my oldest daughter will be 12 in March. And yeah, and that's why it's, it, it's crazy. Yesterday, I, um, we, you know, I was at the house, and Greg's daughter, um, you know, she's growing up fast. That's all I'm gonna say, and, and, I told, and I told Greg and I told his wife, "You better enjoy this moment because you will wake up tomorrow and and the kids gonna be ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the kids gonna be ten. So yes, I definitely understand. Happy birthday to your daughter. Hope she had an amazing time. Anyone else want to go tell them how their week, uh, the week that was. Oh, so, um, so for me, I'm ready to quit my job, like officially, officially. Um, I, I've gotten to that point in the tenure of my career with law where, like, I know it's over. I'm ready for it to be over. I, I need a career change. Um, Cassie and I talked about this, like, a few months ago, and I, I've been putting it aside because I was like, you know what, like, it, it's fine, like, whatever. And the perks of my job, be it, like, the no dress code, the you know, rotating schedule, like one weekend, one week out, like it's good, but it's not counteracting the, uh, what do I want to call this? The, the need for the client to always be right. Sometimes they are absolutely not right. Um, without saying too much because, you know, legalities and things like that, when a client makes a fuck up and still says, well, can you figure it out anyway? No, the fuck you cannot. Um, and I have 
a, a boss who's a, a bit of a pushover when it comes to this client because he feels like, you know, the client, you know, they pay us and they're the ones that give us the bonuses and the raises and stuff like that. I was like, they don't give a fuck about you. Trust me. They really do not. Uh, when I say the client, I'm talking about anybody like the company themselves. They don't care about you. So he pulls me into a meeting today and there was a mistake that was made, rightfully so on my part. And I asked, I was like, okay, this mistake wouldn't have been made if the client would have given us the documents that we needed. To which he says, well, we reached out to them and they told us to just get it done. And I was like, you can't get shit done without them giving us the shit. Like shit, it doesn't work that way. Like I can't pull stuff out of my ass, right? So there was that. I told him, I was like, tomorrow I might take a a leave of absence tomorrow and, you know, take my PTO day because it's well-deserved. He was like, not like take your time, blah, 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 blah. But he also knows now that I'm over it because, Q, I pulled a U for the first time ever. I was at the job with LinkedIn and Glassdoor wide open on my monitor. I've given this. I've, I've, been, there. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. And it's not me being a facetious asshole, but it's like, bro, like at some point we have to be like, yeah, we, we get it, you employ us, but if we're giving constructive criticism on how to make a process better at work, and you're still like, nah, fuck that, because like everything else doesn't work, so your shit won't work, it's like, what, what the fuck am I here for? When we have those strategy meetings, and then none of the strategies that are actual good strategies ever come to light, because you're honestly afraid of, you know, advancement or simplifying things. Now, when I say simplifying, I really mean that shit. I hate the word streamline. Streamline is another way of saying we made a fucking mistake, so we're just going to try to figure out 10 other ways to make this shit more complicated. I fucking hate that term. I, I really do. So I'm not going to talk too long about it, but just know, like, if, if you're hiring, please let me know. When I say hiring, meaning pay me what I'm worth. Um, my last little point, 45000 to $65,000 is not a livable wage. Again, I'll repeat myself. $45,000 to $65,000 a year is not a livable wage. And the fact that we have to tell people Mm -hmm. who honestly we work with that that is not a livable wage is disgusting. It is really fucking disgusting that people that you, your peers, your own boss, they know this shit. The company knows this shit. But they will go and have town halls and meetings and shit and tell you how much the company made. Where the fuck is it going? Again, last sentence, 45000 to $65,000 a year is not a livable wage. Not in California, not in D.C., not Chicago, not in Iowa. It's not a livable wage. I'm done. That part. That part, times a thousand. Times a thousand. That part, times a thousand. So, um... But yes, so great. So just just to follow up on what you said, great. Um, yeah, I have like literally in front of my one of my former principals. I had LinkedIn, not LinkedIn. I had Indeed and all of those shits open on my on my computer as we were talking about um, discussing my my quarterly evaluation because I was fed the fuck up. So I've been there. I understand. I understand where you're coming from. I understand completely. And on that note, Cashly, 
how was your week? I know you were sick um, and recovering, but how was your week? Um, it, it was cool because I was still working um, remotely in, in between recovery and all that. And man, it's like after two years, now Rona want to find a, want to try to holler at me. I just don't understand. I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry that um, that lady Rona, the lady COVID what? left her period. That lady COVID left her period panties on your door on, on the doorknob. Well, I guess you know I'm just repeated again. Glad you're feeling better. Glad that it was a yeah a, a relatively mild case. Um, shout out to that. Shout out to vaccinations. <laughs> shout out to vaccinations. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely about to go get my my COVID booster. Um, now that the booster um, protects against BA BA five and BA six, so I'm definitely about to do that. Also, getting the plunge for for monkeypox, all that shit. Because I don't want to be sick. I'm tired of it. I, I don't want to be sick. I've had I've had COVID twice and possibly a third time. But no, oh, wow, no, 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 I, I, no, no. I like making money. Or I don't like sitting at home. So, <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, I'm glad everyone had a great week. Glad everyone is here. We're gonna have a great episode tonight, even with the the game in the background. But first, start you start us off, Cashley. I know you, you. I know you said you mentioned in the in, in our group chat that. You wasn't able because of you being because of you being sick and recovering it. You wasn't able to talk a lot of wrestling or watch a lot of wrestling. Yeah. Um. But give us what you got. Okay. Um. Well, first I want to say hey to my co-host of the Melanin, Matt Pam. Just want to say hey. I love you. I'm always thinking about you. And um, now we're gonna start off with some WWE news. Uh, we have the Extreme Rules pay-per-view coming this Saturday. Um, and I guess I can run down the card and give my give my little predictions. Um, so to start off, we're going to have a uh, Donnybrook match. And I actually had to Google what exactly is a Donnybrook. And basically, it's slang for free-for-all. So I don't know. Maybe that's just a cute way of saying free-for-all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium in a good old-fashioned Donnie Brook. Um, I think if you've seen one free for all, you've probably seen them all. However, I think um, having Gunther and his hard chops is going to make it a little bit more interesting. But I, I definitely see um, Imperium taking out that win. Um, next, we have the I Quit match with Edge versus Finn Balor. Um, I, I don't know how many times is Edge gonna quit. <laughs> I don't know. I I, I don't seem. I, I'm I'm not too excited about this match at all. But let's see what happens. Let's see if we have any new additions to Judgment Day coming at all. Let's see. Um, Finn Balor coming in. Um, next, we have a strap match with Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross. Um, 
they've been having a nice little buildup over the last few weeks. So um, let's see what actually comes out of this one. But I, ter- I see Karrion Cross pulling this one out um, just to kind of help build him up some more since he's returned. Um, next, we have a fight pit match with Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins. And this one should be a little interesting because we do have a Hall of Famer, Daniel Cormier, who will serve as a special guest referee. So let's see what happens there. Um, and for that one, I, I would say that um, Brittle should pick up this win, and hopefully this will be the end of that matchup with him and Seth Rollins. That should just be the end of it right then and there. And then the next match, we have a ladder match for the Raw Women's Championship. So Bianca Belair versus Bailey. Um, Bailey has been hot with um, her girls' damage control. So I definitely see Bailey picking up this win and becoming the new Raw Women's Championship. I think Bianca's had a very nice run this time around. I think, you know, WWE definitely made up for that SummerSlam loss that they, you know, had her drop to Becky Lynch. So I think she's more than made up for it this run. And then finally, we have an extreme rules match for the SmackDown women's title, Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. Um, I think we all know by now I'm not too <laughs> excited about Ronda in the ring. And I don't, I, I don't think that Liv Morgan is really strong enough to carry Ronda through a match, unfortunately. Um, so I do see that uh, Liv Morgan will retain, but I don't know how how hard these two are going to go because, like I said, I don't think Liv can really carry Ronda, unfortunately. But um, before I leave WWE, um, I do want to send a shout-out to The Rock. Um He's producing a new show on Vice called Tales from the Territory. That's premiering on Tuesday at 10. And he's working with the creators of the Dark Side of the Ring. So we remember that series, which was, in my opinion, dope. Like, I mean, they went into so many details, told so many stories, and caused a lot of controversy. <laughs> After the Plane Ride from Hell episode, a lot of people just didn't like the backlash and said they weren't going to talk anymore. And of course, Vince had a hand in that one, but they're joining back up with The Rock and his business partner, Danny Garcia, to create a show called Tales from the Territory. So stay tuned for that territory tea. <laughs> There's a lot that happened back in the day. So, you know, let's let's stay tuned for that one. But um, moving on to AEW. Um, and Jack happening over there. I'm just going to be real with y'all. ain't nothing happened over there um mjf is still the main attraction he's feuding with um wheel of yuda but um other than that ain't nothing else going on there's some unhappy talent i.e andrade supposedly he's unhappy and wants to leave and you know rumor has it he wants to (laughs) you know and somebody else pointed that out too like you know he's never happy but i mean I, I don't know. Is, is it him or is it a promotion? I, I I think at this point it might be the promotions, um, especially this one. I think it's AEW in this case. But um, moving on to New Japan, um, I do want to send a 
condolences and rest in peace to Antonio Noki and his family, who is a Hall of Famer and ultimately the founder of New Japan Pro Wrestling. He passed away at 79 recently. So definitely rest in peace and condolences to his family in New Japan. Uh, New Japan did just wrap up a two-day show in the UK um, called Royal Quest 2, um, which will be viewed later on New Japan World. But it, it seemed to be a pretty good show from what I saw on Twitter. Um, there were a couple of highlights, one being the beginning of the IWGP Women's Championship Tournament. Um, New Japan is expanding their horizons and they are um, introducing women's champions. So that's going to be really exciting to see. And then finally, we had a contenders match for the IWGP United States Championship match with uh, Tetsuya Naito uh, defeating Zack Sabre Jr. to win that title shot against Will Ospreay. So um, looking forward to that title match. That's the only title in New Japan he hasn't held yet. So he'll be a Grand Slam champion right after this one. <laughs> That's if he wins, of course. Uh, finally, uh, Tama Tonga has a really big title shot coming up on 10-10, where he will face Jay White for the title. Um, and those that have followed his career throughout New Japan know this is very huge. This is a huge title shot for him, especially now that he's a babyface. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that one. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have in the world of, in the world of wrestling. Um, back to you, Q. All right. Uh, thank you very much. And when is the next episode of the Melanin Map? Well, we're on a hiatus right now, so we'll have to stay tuned for a next date. Uh, definitely let everyone know. Okay. Um, you know how we do. We, I, I, I faithfully take a hiatus, especially on holidays. And uh, yeah, we have we have one next week, next Monday, um, Indigenous Peoples Day. We may not go live. <laughs> we may not. Yeah. Episode next week. We may not. Uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Because that's also because next week, this weekend is also. Homecoming, so I may be recovering. <laughs> oh, yeah, it you, is homecoming season. Yeah, it is homecoming season. And mind you, I have a five, I only have a three day work week this week because there's no school on Thursday, there's no school on Friday, homecoming is Saturday, um, and then Monday is a holiday. This is beautiful. I love this. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I just hope I get paid those two those two days that I'm not working. Um, we're gonna pray on that because yeah, um, I need I need I need a full check. I need a full check. I need a full full check. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, so we will definitely let the listeners and the masses know the next time that the Melon and Matt have, uh, have an episode after they're off the off their hiatus um and with that being said let's get into week let's talk about week four in the nfl this week so we started off on third last thursday we started off last thursday with the um miami Dolphins versus the cincinnati Bengals in cincinnati and yeah 
Mike, uh, not Mike Tomlin. Tua Tagovailoa should have never played. Um, we know that he lost the game in week three against the Buffalo Bills um, with a suspected concussion. He went through the concussion protocol. The Dolphins said that it was, oh, yeah, I don't know, it was a back injury or whatever. You can't claim that it's a back injury when he took a shot, a blow to the head, landed, you know, he took a sack or, um, you know, threw the ball away. Um, he landed hard on the back of his head. And when he got up to walk back to the huddle, uh, Tua stumbled, which clearly indicates that he had some concussive um, symptoms. But the independent neurologist who evaluates players who have concussions um, said that, okay, he's good to go, and the Dolphins put him back in the game. Um, the Dolphins eventually won that game against the Bills um, in, the, in the sauna called Sunlight uh, 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 Hard Rock Stadium. But let's fast forward to Thursday, where Tour took another hard hit, landed on the back of his head, and his hands um, flinched and locked in place which is extremely indicative of a concussion and was eventually carted off the field and taken to the hospital in Cincinnati. For the NFL to be a billion, multi-billion dollar industry, multi-billion dollar sports franchise and can't protect its players and allow, and for a team as such as the Dolphins to allow their friend who they want and hope is their franchise quarterback to come back after he was clearly concussed, clearly concussed, and you endanger his life because there was one, um, so there was one. Very prominent neurologist that that, that folk, like does a lot of research on CCE and everything, who tweeted before the game Thursday that Tua should not play because he could if he takes another hit like that and get another concussion within the span of a, of four days he could die. He could have died. The NFL, fuck you. Honestly, we talked. Yeah, yes, yes, we talk about we talk about the NFL as one of the highlights of the show, especially in the fall. But for a billion dollars business to not get this shit right, fuck you, NFL. Fuck you, Roger Goodell. Fuck everybody involved in the NFL. Because we know and we have an understanding that head injuries and concussions, and shout out to Dan Rod. Thank you for joining in and listening to us tonight. Uh, yes, this is another bar episode, but uh, yeah, we, you know, we're gonna make it work. But for the NFL to 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 you know now have to go back and like and rework the concussion protocol to make gross motor um, distress a reason why players should be had held out when it should have been the reason before. This just says 
that the NFL is all about money and that players are commodities instead of humans. What do y'all got to add to that? Lou, Greg, Cashley, what do y'all got to add to that? Um, Dan Rod, definitely feel free to leave a comment. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm disturbed. I'm disturbed. We know I, I'm disturbed. And, you know, I, and I speak to this as a father of, of, of a son who's now currently playing football. I, I honestly don't want him to play anymore. And, you know, he's eight years, you know, he's eight years old and I don't want him to have to go through, you know, the punishing head injuries and concussions and end up, and end up possibly getting CTE because those in charge, those who hold the bag and make the decisions on player safety are fumbling, are fumbling the fucking ball. What do y'all have yeah, to that was crazy. That was crazy. Um, just seeing some of the photos, um, being posted on Twitter. I mean, it, it, it shocked me. I couldn't believe that a human being was actually being put out there like that. Like, there's got to be, uh, unfortunately, I don't see how he doesn't have any, any severe injuries. I mean, the time it's going to take for him to fully recover from that, I, like I said, I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. And they looked at him and said, yeah, you, you should be out in the field. And to, uh, to, to, to go on exactly what you just said, um, Cashley, is that going back to that game against Buffalo where he got knocked out and, or, you know, got knocked down and everybody could just look at it and tell it was, a, it was a concussion but they said it was a back issue. You're not stumbling to the ground like that with a back issue. Um, those team doctors should all be fired. Um, and the other thing you got to think of is, did Tua want back in the game? I mean, and, and even, if it, like, even if he does, it doesn't matter. He They never should have let him back in the game. But, I, I, there's something that, that somebody is not telling us. Uh, Miami's front office, the NFL, something, something is really, really fishy in this one. You know, it comes to a point, it, it comes to a point where, you know what, and, and I was, I was reading, um, uh, um, uh, Peter King's, uh, football morning in America today. And um, oh, Rob Nikovich, who played for the Patriots and retired a couple of years, retired about five years ago, or whatever. He made a valiant and salient point. Um, and Peter King quoted it in his, in his, uh, in his post today. And Nikovich said, if I, if the 24 year old, if the 54 year old, because Nikovich is 54 now, if the 54 year old Tua Tagovailoa can talk to or, you know, give advice to the 24 year old Tua Tagovailoa, he would, he said this, I shouldn't have played. I shouldn't have played. And you got to think about, 
your after your 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 life after your playing career. And there's a lot of times, and you know, that some, there's a lot of talk of sometimes the coach, sometimes the head coach, or sometimes the organization has to protect the player from the player. Does the 24-year-old Tua Tagovailoa wants to get back on the field? Of course. I played sports. Greg played sports. Lou, not sure if you played sports. But the the, the, the athlete in us. But the, okay, so the athlete in us. And I can tell a personal story about this. And it had nothing to do with the concussion. I ran track. I ran track and I played basketball in high school. Well, I didn't play basketball. I was the manager of the team. But anyway, but I ran track. I was the captain of the team. I was the captain of the. I was the captain of the track team. My my senior year, my junior year, it was championship. Like we were going into going into champions championship season. I had a sprained Achilles that was inches from from rupturing. As much as I wanted to run, because my best friend was my best friend, who we all, you know, I always competed against. Um, you know, it was a friendly competition between us two. My coach said, "You're not running. You're not running," because he saw like the first half of the champ. You know, the the meet, the meet right before uh, the first half of the championships. And I pulled up lane. I didn't practice because I couldn't run. Like, it literally hurt. And my coach said, Quentin, you're not running. I know it's championships and I, I, don't want to, I know you want to compete, but I got to protect you from yourself. So I didn't run. I didn't practice, nor did I participate in the first half of uh, the first half of championships. Because I wasn't physically able to do so. Mike McDaniel and the higher ups in the Miami Dolphins organization should have said, Tua, you are not playing. Bill Belichick, just today in an interview that he had um, in, in uh, New England Sports Radio today, said, and we had a situation, and, and, and yesterday there was a situation, Brian Hoyer knocked out knocked out of the game with a concussion, clear protocol, and Bill Belichick said, you're not coming back in. You have to, at times, as an athlete, the adults have to take over and say, you're not playing. Tua should have not played Thursday. He should have not played. But, because the NFL is a multi-billion dollar business and because winning is everything, he got back, they let him play, and now he's out for the conceivable future. Who knows when Tua comes back, whether it's in three weeks, whether it's in five weeks, whether he comes back this season. We saw a player's career end. Jordan Reed, star tight end for the, Washington, for the former Washington Redskins, Went to San Francisco, got another concussion, and his career was over. Why? Because he had 
seven or eight concussions within the six, the seven or eight years of his career plus college. We have to protect the player. Sometimes we have to protect the player from themselves. Anything else you want to add? Yes, I do. Uh, give me one second. Okay, now, um, I can speak on the concussion thing. Uh, when I was younger, um, probably in my, uh, I don't know, like 19, 20, early 20s, I used to play fall league softball, all right? And I played for about six, seven years. Now, to speak on that part, all right. First, let me just give you a little background, like real, real quick about me. I'm five foot four. I'm five foot four, weigh about 160 pounds, 170 pounds. And I've been about that stature my entire like life, you know, growing up. And, you know, I've been short, not bulky whatsoever. Well, Fall League softball is basically a bunch of like, you know, brutes just guys that get together and drink and you know and all they do is hit home runs so they're big powerful dudes um i've and this is no lie i swear to you this is no lie i've had seven concussions growing up playing fall league softball um the first two or three were pretty like not nothing too severe but the first two or three, I had to go to the hospital. The other ones, I got knocked out for about three, four seconds, got back up, and, you know, I was out the rest of the game. So I I know the whole concussion thing. I know someone's, you know, whether, whether they're walking, stumbling, or whatever, if they've just been hit, I, I can look at it and say, oh, yeah, that's exactly how I was. So now to the other thing uh, with uh, – the NFL is discussing, you know, the, the new policies are going to have for the concussion role and everything. But I think they implemented it yesterday during the games yesterday that if someone looks like they had a concussion or they got knocked out, they're automatically out for the rest of that game, no matter what. Uh, I'm not sure if they implemented that yesterday or not, um, but I did hear that that was going to be the new policy going forward. Back to you, Q. No, 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 no. Absolutely no problem. And no, they haven't implemented it yet. The policy, the new policy hasn't been written yet, but it hasn't been written yet. But Bill Belichick did the exactly what you said with Brian Hoyer. That's why um, Bailey Zappi, whatever the fuck his name is, ended up playing the rest of the game for the Patriots at quarterback. Right. Half Two, like I get it, billion, multi-billion-dollar business, but we have to think. We have to for the NFL to not get this right when we know how violent the NFL is. That's a fuck up on their end. A, a monumental fuck up on their end. It's a monumental fuck up on the Miami Dolphins end. And like, come on. Like, 
this should be something that the NFL really takes heed of because you have parents. And I told you, I am one of those parents now. I do not want, I live, as much as I love the game of football, I'd rather him kick a soccer ball. I'd rather him, I'd rather my son kick a soccer ball than put on a helmet and play tackle football. I'm at the, I'm, I'm literally getting to that point. And I never thought that I would get there because I'm like, oh no, football. I mean, we know it's a violent sport. We know, we know the dangers and all of this. I don't want, I really don't want him playing football anymore. I really don't. I really don't. And, 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 and there's a lot of parents. There's a lot of parents that feel the same way. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Like this, this means a, this means a lot to me because I have a son. I have a son that's, that is currently playing tackle football right now in eight, in an eight year old league. I really don't want him to play no more. I'd rather him watch it on TV. I don't want him to play no more. The NFL has to get this shit right or yep. they have to get this shit right or that's going to be the detriment of this, uh, uh, of, of the league. Cause no one's going to come and play no more. We have a couple of, we have, we have a couple of comments. I'm going to play those. Here we go. I don't know if my last comment got through, but like I was saying, the NFL, the Dolphins, front office, doctors all felt to it. Even if he passed the concussion protocol in the Buffalo game, he failed the gross mobility instability test. Once you fail that, you must be pulled out of the game. And they, they did not do that for him. Absolutely. And that, and that is the giant fuck-up that the Dolphins have to own. That's the giant fuck-up that the Dolphins and the NFL. Shout-out to, shout to the NFL PA. For firing the, the independent neurologist who, for the Dolphins that evaluated to it, getting, getting him the fuck out of it. He should not have returned to that game. He should not have played Thursday night. Four days. Four days. And that's another giant fuck up by the league because, oh, money. People, you know, they want, the, they want as much eyes as possible on their product. Four days of a, four days. You play the game of third on on Sunday. That game that the Miami Dolphins played on Sunday against the Bills was the fucking heat bowl. It was like playing in a goddamn sauna. You are asking them to come three day three days rest to play a game on Sunday because money. Fuck y'all. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. Next comment. Here we go. Lou, that rule has always been in place. Like I said, it's called the instability motor something, but that rule has always been in place. If they see that you are unstable, you are not supposed to be back in the game, and they let him back in the game. The NFL dropped the ball, Dolphin dropped the ball, doctor should be fired, head coach should be fired. That's how I feel about it. Thank you, John. Thank you for clearing that up. I appreciate I, it. I absolutely agree. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And it's the gross motor incidentally rule. Um, and, now, and now what the NFL and the NFLPA is proposing is that it's like further emphasized and enforced um, going forward, starting with week five. Last comment from John, and then, and then we're going to move on. Here we go. 
is called gross motor instability. That's the rule that has always been in place. If they see that you stumble, walk funny, or anything, you're not supposed to enter back in the game. That rule has always been in play. Absolutely. And, 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 and I... do better, NFL. Do better, Big Show. Like, just do better. Do, do better. Protect your players. We know his prevalence of, of concussive injuries and the long lesion of football, uh, uh, ex football players who have a prevalence of CTE. And, and all of those things, and you know, we have one living right now, um, Sir Antonio Brown. Um, but NFL, do better. Please just, just, just do better. Protect your players. I'm sorry, Protect. before you go on, um, go what exactly is the next steps? Like, what, what are they going to do next? Like, I mean, cause this is pretty big. So what, what happens next? Yeah, the enforcement of the rules, somebody got fired, but. Like what else comes? What else is going to come out of this? Like as far as like doctors, or like if it's like, um, like are are you talking like you know if a a player gets a concussion during a game? Well, I guess uh, starting with Tua. So what's the what's the uh, next step for him? Like, is it just a long? Um, recovery time or are they just going to kind of treat it so, like so, some, so, some other so here's mm-hmm. the thing on concussions here's the thing on concussions like I, you, there there are some there are some players that can recover quickly and there are some that um, just, I go back to my Jordan Reed analogy he got a concussion um, this was three or four years ago in the second game of the season and he was and he was done for the rest of the season. It just it 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 depends. Like that's just how unpredictable concussions are. Um, mm. He's already been he's been ruled out for next week for get, uh, for week five. Um, and the fact that basically he's had back to back, he's literally now has had back to back concussions. Does he mm-hmm. come back this season? Who knows. Like we have to, I, like at this point now, we have to entertain the the notion that he may not see the field again this season. He may not, or I mean, because he he basically he's had back to back concussion. He's had back to back concussions, back to back, basically back to back traumatic brain, brain injuries. On a, yes, on a minor scale, yes, but all of that eventually, eventually, you know leads up to something major. He may come back in six weeks, in five weeks, in four weeks. He may be out the rest of the season. If he comes back after the next four games, they need to fire the coach and the medical staff for the entire organization that is the Miami Dolphins. I agree, 100%. Like, this is, he needs to be out until at least Thanksgiving. Around Thanksgiving. That's the sexy. Thanksgiving is, six, is seven weeks away. He needs not see the field for the The brain needs time to heal. The brain needs time to heal. 
And, and like I said, he basically had two back-to-back concussions in, in within a span of five days. I hate to say, I hate to say this. I hate to say it. Two is probably done for the season. He's probably done for the season. We have two voicemails that we can play, both from John. Thank you for thank you for listening. Thank you for commenting. We appreciate your input. Here we go. I believe the Dolphins should get a hefty fine, millions and millions of dollars, and they should lose first round draft picks for the next three years. They already lost. They they they, they lost the first round pick. His name is Tua Tagovailoa. But I agree. Like this should not be swept under the rug. If we're if if, if, the, if the league is saying, if Big Shield is saying, if Roger Roger Goodell is saying, player safety is of the utmost importance. This should not be swept under the rug. They the Dolphins need to pay. They need to pay. They need to pay heavily for this for their fuck up for their monumental fuck up. Last comment from John. Here we go. And one more thing, what I find real crazy is that the Dolphins are still saying that he had a back injury in the Buffalo game. They have yet to say that it was a concussion. They are still denying that he had a concussion in the Buffalo game. That is nuts. Everybody needs to be fired. Absolutely. Absolutely. Greg, what do you have to say? Really quick, what I wanted to say is they lost their first-round picks because of the Tyreek Hill trade. Five first-round picks. Right now, Miami's in a situation that's really, really bad, and it can go really, really worse if the NFL finally investigates Miami for colluding and lying about an injury, not once, but twice. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I agree 100%. Um, Dan Ryan, if you have anything you want to contribute to this, please go ahead and leave a, and, and leave a voice message. Um, it, 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 do better, NFL. Do better. Protect your players. Protect those that you are paying $25, $30 million a, a year, talking about quarterbacks. But Ultimately, protect all players. Protect, protect, protect the product that you want to put out on the field. That's it, and that's all. Moving right along. Moving right along. And we're, we're definitely going to continue this, uh, talking about this issue because we know these, we know how severe concussions can be in the league. And how it can affect players, not only in their playing careers, but after, but even after they retire. Do better. Just, just that's that's my call. Do better. Moving right along. <clears throat> so, the title of this show is "Coaches." It, it, maybe it's time to fire some coaches. Everyone knows that I am, I am a Washington Commanders fan. Why? I, why? I, you know, I, you know. I, I grew up here. I grew up watching the Commanders when they were the Redskins, and they played at Arthur Stadium. And every Sunday, every football Sunday was an event at my uncle's at my aunt and uncle's house because um, they lived three blocks away from RFK. 
who used to bring out the grill and we used to eat and tailgate and everything on football Sundays. We now have three straight weeks that the Washington Commanders have thrown up clunkers. They shut out in the first half against the Detroit Lions. They eventually came back in the second half, but there still wasn't enough. We have the disaster that was their game against the Philadelphia Eagles where Carson Wentz was sacked nine times. Yes, nine times. And couldn't produce a lick on offense until late in the fourth quarter where Antonio Gibson had a, had a uh, garbage time touchdown. We then had week four yesterday against the Dallas shit, shit stains where Carson Wentz couldn't get anything going on offense. The defense actually kept the, kept the, kept them within striking distance of the Cowboys, but our corners are trash. So on Facebook yesterday, I called and said, I wrote and said that it's time for Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator, and for Jack Del Rio, the, def- the defensive coordinator, to be fired. I also said that I'm not specifically calling for Ron Rivera's head yet, he has one week to get this shit right. The Commanders play the Titans next Sunday, this this coming Sunday, in week five. If we throw up another clunker like we had the last three weeks, oh, I'm definitely calling for Ron Rivera's head to be on a swivel. We also had, there are other coaches, again, there's other coaches that really should be fired. Last week, our number one, we did a we did a poll on coaches who you think will be the first to be fired. We all in unison agreed that Cliff Kingsbury will be the first one to be fired. I don't think that is the case anymore. I think it's going to be Ron Rivera. I think it's going to be Ron Rivera. I think, and if it's not Ron Rivera, it's going to be his who was his successor in Carolina, Matt Rule. Any thoughts? Any thoughts? Carolina, Carolina's coach has to go. He is garbage. I agree, Matt. That's uh, that's Matt Rule, right? Matt Rule. Yeah, yeah, not only yeah. Is he's he garbage. Not only is he garbage, Baker Mayfield is trash. Yeah, they, absolutely. Yeah. Dumpster, dumpster fire trash. It, it's it's just like. Uh, What's his name? Just like Dennis Green said years ago, he is who we thought he was, and he's not that good. He's really just not that good, and he's got—I mean, you—you got arguably the best running back, the best receiving running back in the entire league, and they're just not using him to his full capabilities. And I know he's had injuries too that have you know that have plagued him over his career. He's got another one now too. Um, but uh, you know he had his best game of the year yesterday. But it's just I I don't they just they need a, a I don't know how long Sam Darnold's out breathing down uh, Baker's neck right now. He has to be. 
sorry. Yes, I agree 100%. Like, and like, reports today out of Carolina is that um, Sam Donald is nowhere close to the return. He could have came off of IR. I mean, he could have came off of IR this week. He was eligible to come off of IR this week. He's nowhere close to being ready. But, yeah, Matt really. Like I say, it was not Ron Rivera. Well, I'm convinced now. Even with the incompetent leadership in Washington, um, we're talking about you, Daniel Mark Snyder. I don't think he. I don't unless unless the Commanders rip off a series of wins, like a series of wins. His seat is probably flaming hot right now. And the only one that is the only other coach that seat is. Flaming hot is Matt Moore. The Panthers are one and three, just like the Commanders, one and three. If he doesn't get fired, one of them doesn't get fired first. It's like okay, you just want like David Tepper is like David Tepper is saying, "Oh, I'm sick. I'm gonna stick with my coach and be patient with my coach." Matt Moore needs to go back to college. He's not built for the NFL. He's not. Point, point blank something. He's not built for the NFL. He's not built to coach in, 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 in the pros. He's built to get players ready for the pros, but he's not built to coach in the pros. And I'm going to say that and I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there. I'm gonna leave it there. Our next story. Yeah, the Lions really should be 4 and out. Everyone knows how much I clown the Lions. I don't believe in them. But the Lions has the number one off has the number one offense in the NFL. Their losses have not been blowouts. Week one against the Philadelphia Eagles. They lost 38-35. Week two, they beat the they beat the Commanders. Week three against the Minnesota Vikings, they lost. Uh, four points, 24, 28-24. Week four against the um, Seattle Seahawks. They lost 48 to 45. The Lions have the number one, the number one offense and the last ranked defense in the league. Couple plays go the right, go their way. The Lions could be four and out. My question is. Do you see, can you clearly see that Dan Campbell is truly building something special in Detroit? Go ahead. The real question is, are y'all tired of me being right? <laughs> it, it has to be like, like invigorating whenever you hear me say like, like, yeah, I said that like, and was it March? When we did the predict the earlier predictions, and I was like, "Yeah, the Lions are serious." And then I said it during the preseason. I said it a month before the preseason. I was like, "Yo, the over and under for Detroit is honestly for me eight games." Doesn't seem too far off right now. Because think about it: if they'd have won those four games, that means they probably could win eleven if they didn't get cheated three times. That's crazy. Um, I, I, this is going. <laughs> I was just going to say that were you right 
yes, yes and no. Yes, uh-oh, because, uh-oh. Well, no, listen. <laughs> yes, you were right because they are a much better team, and everybody sees it. But at the end of the day, it's wins and losses that matter. And they're still, what are they, one and three, Q? Okay. Well, I will counter with this. They were the Eagles' biggest competition so far this season. Everybody's making it seem as if the Eagles are the best team in the league because they're 4-0. Remember the last time they went 4-0? Donovan McNabb. Remember that? I, well, I know not necessarily, but I, I mean, I remember Donovan McNabb. Yeah. Basically, they said that the Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl. They're going to do all these things, and they did less than nothing. Um, I'm not saying that the Eagles are bad. I want to focus on the Lions, though. For me, the Lions have been good. I said they were good last year, and everybody's like, great, they're not good. I was like, no. Lions are good. They haven't really changed personnel at all. They got rid of Kenny Galladay when everybody's like, oh, he's going to be better in the Giants. And I was sitting there like, how? Kenny Galladay hasn't been good when healthy or injured. Like, they made all the right decisions. Dan Campbell is honestly a winning coach just on a losing team. But this right. losing team, they made a player who has historically been garbage in Jamal Williams look good this year. He's in the top 20 when it comes to fucking running backs this year. Was not expecting that, especially out of Detroit. Detroit's receivers look good. Can we talk about TJ Hawkinson, who honestly might have saved a lot of people's fantasy days, a lot of people's fan duel days? He did really fucking good. Jared Goff, I said this before, right before the season, I was like, yo, like, he saw what the Rams did, and he is pissed. Add in a new coach and players who are honestly tired of losing, you have a winning culture. The Eagles have proven they weren't better than the Lions. Them winning the game doesn't make them better. It just means they have a better winning record. But to close out my point, Detroit is just as good as I said last year. Miami is going to regress if Tua is out because I had to add that little point in there. But anybody who contests anything I say about Detroit, we're going to see in the midseason. Only thing that will stop Detroit right now is honestly Jared Goff going down. And I'll land. Uh, very good points by both sides. By all sides. Um, so moving right along. The Kenny Pickett era has officially begun in Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin finally decided to give up on the Mr. Bisky experiment and what Pickett into the game yes, uh, yeah, uh, in week four. He threw three interceptions, but he ran for two touchdowns. He actually brought Pittsburgh back into the game. He put Pittsburgh Greg, ahead of the game. I know you wanted to talk about this. Uh, Greg, I know you wanted to talk about this. Definitely. So the floor is yours. Who, me or Greg? So Greg wanted to talk when, 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 oh, when okay. have a good session about the Steelers and about Kenny Pickett. I'll let him like go first. So, Lou, what's your, what's, what's your feelings on Kenny Pickett finally becoming the starting quarterback in Pittsburgh? He, 
All right. He gives the team a spark that they need. Um, yeah, they're one and three. They, their offense doesn't look good. It hasn't looked good all year with Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback. Now, um, three interceptions yesterday. Uh, one of them was into his very first pass, actually was uh, thrown into, like, double coverage to Chase Claypool. Uh, I will fault him for that one. Um, another interception was um, a tip ball, a tip ball, uh, like, right to uh, uh, Sauce Gardner. And the other interception was a Hail Mary. So I, I fault him at two, uh, or I'm sorry, at one of the interceptions. Um, now going forward, I believe Pittsburgh needs, uh, they need a new offensive coordinator. They need, they need to build an offense around Pickett and his, uh, his abilities, what, what he can do on the field, what he thrives at and him just drop it back and throw the ball 40 times a game. Is it going to work? It never has. It never has. Now, I'm just going to throw this last little tiny tidbit out there, okay? And I want everybody to, to, to listen to this. Now, the last time that a Steelers starting quarterback went down with an injury and they had to bring in a rookie quarterback, the Steelers went to the AFC Championship game that year. That was Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger, and who started that year was Tommy Maddox. It was Tommy Maddox, and now granted, that was the second game of the league, or second game of the season, or whatever. Or no, first game of the season was against Baltimore. Um, and Ben Roethlisberger ended up going 15-1 and one that year. That ain't going to happen this year. It's just not. We don't have the offensive line. Uh, our defense looked like trash. Um, so... But going forward, they do believe that they have already named Kenny Pickett the starter for next yeah. week, too. Okay, so... This is time going forward. Um, I do not see them... You know, we'll, we'll get that, like, you know, with our picks later if we get into that. Um, but th- they got a really rough schedule coming up. Um, I know they have Buffalo next week. I'm not sure who they have the week after that. So... I a lot of... Them. That'll be good. Um, a lot of people think that we should not have put Pickett in at all this year um, because we're not going to win the championship anyway, which I can I can agree to an extent. Mm-hmm. But you sort of <clears throat> you have to sort of see what you have. All right. Preseason is preseason. He was going up against third string defenses. Put him right. in there against first string defenses. See what you got. See, you know, see what he can and can't do. You definitely don't want him getting injured. You know, nobody does. But he needs that game experience. Exactly. So, um, he needs the, the game schedule. experience. Okay, thank you. So I checked the schedule. Mm-hmm. So they have Buff- uh, the Steelers have Buffalo, Buffalo in Buffalo next week. Mm-hmm. The following week, in week six, they play at home at Appleshore Stadium against the Tampa Bay Brady Mears. 
Okay. Then they have Miami. Then they have Philadelphia. And that's their bye week. The next after Philadelphia is their bye week. And then uh, November 13th, they play the Orleans Saints at Akershore. Okay. And it's, weird, it's still weird that I'm saying Akershore instead of trying to beat. Don't believe me. I, anyway. I know. <laughs> um, I'm not going to get into wins losses. I'm just not going to get into that. I want to see. Uh, all right, yeah, Buffalo, that's going to be an extremely tough environment, an extremely tough game. Uh, I don't expect the Steelers to win that game. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, stranger things have happened. You know, that's that's why they played a game, you know. So we'll see what happens. But uh, me, Steelers fan, I am glad to have Teddy Pickett in there because I think he's – He's going to be good. I'd give him another year or two to be, like, really good. But we'll see what happens. So, Greg, I I know you're listening. And I know you had a lot that you wanted to say about Kenny Pickett getting his chance. Um, So, you want to go ahead and add your comments? No, I don't. Um, Go right ahead. Okay. okay, not a problem. So, I, I agree. I think, you know, I I was one of the ones that said, let's give Kenny Pickett a, a little bit of a little bit of time in the oven, let him get some seasoning and, 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 and marinate on that mm-hmm. though. Um, but I do think that a change had to be made. Yes. Mm. Great Mr. Trubisky is not a, Mr. Trubisky is not an NFL quarterback. He's not even an NFL backup. He's a third stringer that should be on the practice squad. Thank you for saying everything I was about to say. Let me just start with the hot take. Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to beat Buffalo this week in an upset that people are going to be like, yo, what the hell just happened? Buffalo looks beatable. They just have a really good quarterback. Baltimore made a mistake on Sunday, a very critical one. So for me, you go in with a rookie quarterback, nobody has any tape on him. Kind of reminds me of Pat Mahomes. It was like, okay, like we don't know what we're getting. And then you just get everything. He's throwing the fucking gauntlet. It's going to happen on Sunday. We're going to be like, yo, Chase Claypool has two touchdowns. Cool. The run game finally gets established there. Like, Pittsburgh doesn't look like a one in three team if Kenny Pickett started this year. Two and two, maybe. Possibly three and one. I, 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 I completely agree. And the one thing that I want to add is I was one week late on my prediction. I predicted that last week's game, the Pickett would have came in the second half. So I was a week late. You were a week late, but guess what? Starting one and three isn't bad. We're not even midway through the season. One and a quarter through. Basically, if they beat Buffalo, we're going to be talking like the Pittsburgh Steelers are four and zero because they beat the team that honestly they would have to meet in the playoffs again. 
if they beat Pittsburgh, they have the one. I'm sorry, if they beat Buffalo, they have the one up when it comes to the playoff. And I mean, huh? you 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 gave us the record of what had happened to Ben. I don't know. I don't know too many narratives, but I do know. You know, the NFL they love those. They love being able to talk about the past and recreating the past. And seeing as though the coach hasn't changed, um, I'm going to go with Buffalo with the upset. I'm sorry, not with Buffalo with Pittsburgh with the upset over Buffalo. Kenny Pickett's not going to do anything like grandiose. He's not going to fucking throw for four oh seven and five touchdowns. But I, I give him like two seventeen. Three touchdowns. I could do that. I could see two going to chase Claypool and one being a rush because clearly he has legs. Those feet be moving. So, right. <laughs> I, I, I can um, see it. The one thing, one other thing that I'd like to add also. Go ahead. This is going to be fantasy related. All right. But also, you know, NFL related. <laughs> um, if y'all don't have George Pickens on your fantasy team, you lost him. your league. Immediately get him. Him and Pickett have they just have his connection. And uh Pickens had his best game uh, you know of the season yesterday in one half. So I mean Pickens catches damn near anything thrown to him. So, if you, I'm telling you, if, yeah, if, if he's available really, in your leagues, get him. Get him. I really like George Pickens. I really, really, really like George Pickens. And I think he's going to be a star in this league. Just like I have on Jahan Dotson, who leads the league in touchdowns, but is going to be out for one to two weeks with a hamstring injury. I said this before the season started. You better get Jahan Dotson in your, in your, in your lineup. In your your season in, in season long leagues, and he was a highly valuable. He, he's going a highly valuable piece in your DFS leagues as well. Jahan Dawson is the freaking fucking truth, and George Pickens is right up there with him. He's right yep. up there with him. So we have one voicemail from John. Going talking about the Steelers and Greg, this is addressed specifically to you. Here we go. Greg, you are outside your rabbit ass mind. There is no way Pittsburgh's <laughs> beating Buffalo on Sunday. <laughs> if I could write down a tab of how many times I've proven y'all wrong on this show, I would be a millionaire. So I'm gonna just shut up and just watch you be upset on Sunday. <laughs> oh boy! All right, all right. Hey, right. right. Q, real, real quick. I'm sorry. Real, real, real quick. I'm sorry. Um, the other thing that I want to add to this, and and then, like as Greg says, I'll lay on my plate. Um, the Steelers are only one game out of first place in that division because Cincy, Baltimore, and Cleveland are all two and two, and we're one and three. So it's not like everything is lost. We got nothing to play for. We're only one game out. We've already, we've that is very one, true. And we've only played one division game, and we won that division game. So we got a whole season ahead of us. That is very, that is very, very true. That is very, very true. 
very, very, very true. Like the AFC North sucks this year, right now. I would say the best of it, and it's sad to say this, the best division in football right now is the NFC East. Yeah, Philly at four and Dallas at three and one. The fucking New York goddamn Giants are three and one. And then you have the Commanders taking up the basement one and three. The NFC East, which everyone said was going to be the NFC least, the NFC East is one of the strongest divisions in football this year. And we, and if we're just looking at win-loss records, they're one of the strongest divisions in the league. You're absolutely right. The NFC South, uh, NFC North sucks. It sucks. It sucks right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Our last football... Actually, okay, so our next to last football story is we're going to play, excuse me, oh shit, (laughs) go break, Um, we're going to play a game, you know I love my games, you know I love my games, we are going to get some early grades for, to Rookie head coaches, not not first year with a team like Doug Peterson, but first time as a head coach, first time ever being the head coach of of an NFL team. Here we go. I know it's an early sample; we're four games into the season, but it's time to it's time to do some grades. You know, I, as a teacher, I love giving. I, I love giving giving out grades. I love it. So here we go. First coach that we're going to discuss and give a grade to is Matt Eberflus of the Chicago Bears. Matt Eberflus certainly knew this would be a long term path. The twenty twenty two season ended. The Chicago Bears ended. I'm sorry, not twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty one. Season ended. The Chicago Bears ended in a baggy error and fired general manager Ryan Pace as well. Ryan Pace replaced Poles. I mean, Ryan Poles replaced Pace, Ryan Pace, and understandably ripped the roster down to his core, shedding big money contract and basically only giving out short term deals. As a result, the Bears aren't expected to accomplish much. However, relative to the competition, they're off to a sensible start with a two-and-two record. The major concern in Chicago has practically avoided the major concern is Chicago has practically avoided the passing game. While the depth of receiver is sorely lacking, what are Eberflus and the Bears learning about second-year quarterback Justin Fields? He needs time to develop, sure. But 16.8 passes per game is extremely low in the modern NFL. Even as the Bears are likely destined for double-digit losses, a sign of success would be Eva Plus helping the offense look anything close to dangerous against good competition. So, the article gives him a B. What's your grade? I mean, for what he's done with that team, and like no like quality receivers. I mean, I I kind of agree. I'd probably have to give him a B or you know possibly a C. 
Okay. Greg, what about you? What's your grade? I guess not. So I would, I would give, I'm not going to give a B, as this article in relation to it gave him. I would give Matt Eberfuss a C plus. For the Bears to be two and two, that means their defense has definitely stepped up. Yeah, we, we that's know true. that Justin Fields, Justin Fields, <laughs> like last game, this past game, week four. Was the most passes he's thrown this season? He's 23. 23. So I'm going to give him a C. Plus. All right, our next coach. Oh boy. Nathaniel Hackett of the Denver Broncos. When? Two weeks, when, two weeks into your tenure, you hire someone to help manage a game, things cannot be going perfectly well. Such is the reality for the for Nathaniel Hackett, who immediately made four down decisions in the great Denver Broncos' first two outings. Denver brought in coaching veteran Jerry Rossberg to advise Hackett on game day. The positive note is that the Broncos have won twice since, despite this initial drama. The negative side is the competition level has been reasonably low. The back half of Denver's schedule may be a gauntlet. More than anything, the concern is the offense has performed far below expectations. Hackett previously coordinated the Green Bay Packers scoring attack, and the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson. They were supposed to invite an offense that averaged just 19.7 points last season. Instead, the Broncos have mustered 16 and a half points per game and seemed ill prepared to contend in the AFC West. The article gave him a D plus. Do you agree or should it be an F? I think a D is good. That's actually accurate. I'm going to just give him a D. He has a chance, but we'll see in two more games if he goes down to that. But right now, a D is possible. I agree. Lou, what do you think? Yeah, no, I completely agree. A D, a D is probably the highest. I, I think a D plus. Right now. I think a D plus, and I agree. A D plus is probably the best grade that I can give. All right, our next coach, Mike McDaniel of the Miami of the Miami Dolphins. The complicating factor with Mike McDaniel's evaluation is the Miami Dolphins' controversial handling of Tua Tagovailoa. Assigning blame without every fact in a medical situation is not wise, though. So let's focus on football with an acknowledgement that Tua's injury is not a non-issue. Within this perspective, there is plenty to love about the beginning of McDaniel's tenure. Miami toppled the New England Patriots, engineered a 21-point road point comeback over the Baltimore Ravens, and clipped the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills before falling on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, there are nits to pick. Chiefly, the Dolphins once again lacked a threatening running game. They trudged to three and a half yards per carry, one of the worst marks in the league. But a 3-1 mark against a tough schedule is an undisputed success. The article gave him an A-. minus. Do you agree? Or should it be higher or lower? Again, again discounting 
not discounting, but remembering that, yeah, Tua's injury is is an issue, but we're just grading on football, on football success alone. Football success alone. Football success alone. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely give him an A for those first three weeks. Um, just based on, you know, football play decisions. Um, the whole Tua thing you said, we're not taking that into account? No, we're not taking, we're not taking, okay. we're not taking into an account. We're just thinking about football, just like football plays in general. Okay. We All know right. if, if we were to include Tua, the yeah, that, the that grade would drop. Then, then it would be a D minus. Um, so a D-. yeah, but just football <clears throat> in general. I, I, I definitely give him an A for the job that he's done these first for the first uh, two Four and a half weeks. weeks. Let's say two and a half weeks. Okay. Oh, I'm giving him an A. You're giving him an A. Okay. Greg says an A. Lou says an A. I'm gonna agree. A minus. I'm not gonna give him full A. A minus. A minus. A minus. All right. Our next team, our next coach, is uh, Kevin O'Connell of the Minnesota Vikings. Kevin O'Connell began his Minnesota Vikings tenure in style, routing the rival Green Bay fuckers. I mean Packers in the opener. Reality then returned <clears throat> for the NFC North squad. Minnesota lost badly to the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sorry, everybody. We lost Q for a minute. Uh, must have a bad connection. We'll be back. He's talking about Minnesota. Oh, yeah. He's talking about Minnesota's head coach. So... Uh, you know, John, Dan, Rob, we'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, you know, what kind of a, what kind of a job do you think he's done so far? So if you, if you guys uh, would like to chime in, please do. Um, other than that, I'm not a host. Uh, <laughs> I only play when on TV. Oh yeah, right. I am now. <laughs> um, Wow, I don't even know the guy's name. I forgot what Q, <clears throat> what he said the uh, the head coach's name was. So, um, well, I'm getting my pitch while he's figuring himself. So, in a nutshell, I'm going to go and say that he deserves a C. Because they have the same squad and they're not undefeated. Same squad, not undefeated. Also, I don't know if this should count towards his grade or against his grade. Dalvin Cook is not that good running back, yes. But you have to find somebody outside of uh, – what's the guy who's the backup for them in Madison, um, Minnesota? Um, Alexander I what Madison. his name was. Uh, Alexander Madison, Yes. They need something else. Uh, when I say something else, meaning they need someone outside of Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a really capable quarterback 
who historically never gets it done. I think the trial run of Kirk Cousins is over at this point. He needs to find, I don't say he needs to find, he needs to be a Colt next season. They need to figure out how to be a Jet or a Colt. And the reason they are wasting Justin Jefferson and being able to show himself, like he looks like shit compared to what he looked like just last year. And all Minnesota is, I hate to say this, they're the Rams in purple jersey. But hopefully I didn't say anything blasphemous because everybody got quiet. But it's just the truth. When I look at it, when I look at the Vikings, that's all I see. I literally see, like, oh, well, honestly, if they just played in warmer weather, they would have a better record because they'd be the Rams. Can you imagine, like, if you swap uh, the Minnesota Vikings in the Super Bowl after the Rams? You know, not against the Rams, but you know what I mean. Like, swap the Rams from Minnesota. Right. right. The Vikings would be Super Bowl champs right now because they literally have the exact same team. They got the speedy receiver. They have, you know, the Cooper Cup that could have been Adam Thielen. They had um, the Odell Beckham and, and, like, Justin Jefferson, right? Then you have the tight end that they had. Um, uh, was, did they have Kyle Rudolph last Kyle year? Rudolph. Yeah. It was yeah. Kyle They had Kyle Rudolph last year. And then you have the running back in Dallas. Uh, I couldn't tell you the running backs from the Rams that like, somehow don't know how to run forward. I think Cam Akers is garbage, and I think that Daryl Henderson doesn't run with the head up. That's why he's always getting tackled. So there's that. Um, Tyler Higby and Kyle Rudolph seem kind of similar to me. The defenses seem kind of similar to me. Honestly, if Juan Miller was the Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota Vikings would have won last year. Because he's doing the same shit he did in L.A., it's just a change of the guard, change of the jersey. Minnesota, the coach for me gets the city. So I'll be good. Okay. No, what, what do you think? Um, I'm just, I, I, mm. I'll say C minus. How about a C minus? C minus. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Because, because right. of the wep- the weapons that he has. If they had a more capable, like like Greg said, if they had a more capable quarterback, you know, guys a limit with those guys with with Jefferson. You know, Cook might be, you know. I don't know. He's just—he doesn't seem like the same running back as the past few years. That's all. Okay. Very fair. Very fair. Very very fair. All right. Our and our last one. Our last new head coach, brand new head coach that we are going to evaluate and grade is Brian Debone of the New York Giants. In a season with no playoff expectations and touchdown San Francisco to George fucking Kittle. Hey! In a season with no playoff expectations, aggressiveness is, is just about always the right answer. Even if that boldness results in a loss, it's a whole lot more forgivable and 
filled situational experience. That's the long version of saying Brian DeBall made the right choice in attempting a potential winning two-point conversion in the opener. When the New York Giants had a chance to upset the Tennessee Titans on the road, Dayball kept his offense on the field. New York converted and stunned the Titans 21-20. and 20. The, rest of the, se- the rest of the season has gone as expected. The Giants edged, the- edged out the Carolina Panthers, fell to the rival Dallas Cowboys, and took out the Bears. Nevertheless, the main priority for Dayball for is in 2022 is determining if Daniel Jones has a future in New York. So far, the fourth-year quarterback has career-low marks of six, of six yards per attempt and 157.8 yards per game. Jones deserves a nod for his mobility and some patience as he adjusts to a new system, but there needs to be substantial improvement through the air as the season continues. Otherwise, the Giants will be looking for a new starter, one likely to define Dayball's tenure this offseason. The article gave Brian DeBone a B. Do you agree? Should it be higher or lower? Definitely lower. Wow. Okay. I was arguably going to say higher. Uh, For having the quarterback that Daniel Jones is with not that good of a receiver core. Um, You know, and Saquon Barkley. And their best receiver is towards ACL last week and out for the season, a.k.a. Sterling, Sterling Shepard. No, they, they got a good uh, young one, Richie James, Jr. Um, Saquon is in a uh, contract year, so he's he's looking to ball out. He wants to get paid. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, so far, I'd, I'd give him an A-. minus. I'm giving him a B plus because Kenny Galladay is not on the trading block. Um, Kenny Galladay is about to get cut, but Galladay is trash. I'm going to, <laughs> he's trash. I, I'm going. I'm, I'm going to agree with the article, and I'm going to get blinded. It sucks that I'm saying this because you know I hate the fucking New York Giants. I'm going to give him a B. I'm going to give Brian Dayball a B. You want to agree with the article and give him a B. I'm not going to give him a B minus, a B a B plus. I'm not going above a B. He's he's a B. I'd like like Saquon Barkley is playing like a man possessed right now. And remember, week one on FanDuel, on FanDuel, and on drafting on FanDuel, Saquon Barkley was fifty-seven. 6,100. Maybe even lower. Maybe probably was 5,700. On fan, on DraftKings, he was 5,600. And I said, after that first game, this is the lowest that you will see Saquon Barkley the rest of the season. The rest of the season, like, he's been averaging. His average salary on FanDuel has been seventy six hundred on drafting has been seventy one hundred. So if you didn't have them, if, if, if you didn't have them that first week in your in your draft and family lineup, good luck affording him now. 
Yeah. Good luck. Um, I, I hate to say this. I, I hate to be this guy. But, again, you know, I'm cynical. So it is what it is. Um, I really like Saquon Barkley. But he's on the Giants. Oh, there, there was no punchline. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's on the Giants. Um, no, he, he's, he's balling. Yeah, like I can't blame Daniel Jones. I can't even blame the Giants. I blame the fans. I blame the fans because they could have spoken out just like management could have spoken out and said, you know what? We need more. The Giants need more. You know what they said when we needed more? They had an opportunity to go get Randall Cobb. They had a chance to go and get um, what's homeboy's name that's in Houston, the receiver that uh, nobody wanted, and he balled out all last season with the Houston Texans. Um, I think he played for fucking Green Bay, too. Um, God, I cannot was think it, of his name. Was it Brandon Cooks? Uh, yeah, no, Brandon Cooks from fucking uh, New Orleans, right? Could have got him. Could have got Mark Ingram as a running back. You know, as a backup to Saquon last year. And they say, you know what? Let him be in Baltimore because Baltimore doesn't know what to do with any quarterbacks, but whatever. Um, I just feel like. Oh, go ahead. Out there, real quick, Greg, real quick. It's almost like breaking news. Um, in the past half hour, I got an update on my phone. Guess who's visiting the Giants this week? You better not. You better not say Antonio Brown. You better not say Antonio Brown. Who who's visiting him, Luke? Odell Beckham is visiting the New York Giants this week. After we he talked him? all that shit, could we? See but you know what? Oh, we're going to see a reunion, but it's not going to be as good as the first one. This is like when you get back with your ex and you. Texas is good. Yeah, it's going to. Yeah, it's going to. Oh be bad. Jesus Christ! Oh Jesus Christ! That, that's not. It's that's going to be bad. bad. Oh God! It's going oh God. to be bad. We're going. We're going to question. We're going to question why we even thought these things. Why was this a thought? Like, oh, we want Odell Beckham. Nobody wants Odell Beckham. That's why he sat for five weeks. If he think about it, the Arizona Cardinals could have said, you know what, we could have had DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham, and even they were like, you know what, nah, we'll get Hollywood Brown. <laughs> well, importantly. Odell, Odell's not able to start until what week eight, so you still have four weeks of him doing absolutely. Yeah, so it's like you pick him up with the expectation of him being the same player. Which, if okay, can I say this? And I hope I don't sound wrong when I say this. So I hope Dan Rod. I hope Dan Rod can. It doesn't matter. You know, you know, I I say it doesn't matter. You know, I encourage you to say crazy shit. Go right ahead. Okay. I've always had an issue of when the same injury happens to a running back, it's like they'll never be the same. But a receiver is like, oh, they're just as good as new. I'm like, but they 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 literally run every play, like they like every play they're supposed to go like top speed. So explain to me the difference between a person like him, like Odell, and like a running back who had a torn ACL. I don't see it. I genuinely don't see any difference. I don't think Odell, like, I mean, if you want the reunion, it'll be nostalgia. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, Odell's back. And then it's like, oh, but it's like Kenny Holiday. I'm sorry, Kenny Galladay. But 
somewhat healthier. So then you have three injury-prone receivers on a team where Saquon is still the most injured running back in the NFL over the past four seasons. Like, it's a regression. It doesn't make sense. In my head, it doesn't make sense. Injured running backs, and then you pick up somebody who's coming off a torn ACL. You got Kenny Galladay, who nobody even knows when the fuck is the next time he's ever going to play. He should just honestly hang it up because it is what it is. Then you have uh, Sterling Shepard, who is essentially Jordan Reed in a wide receiver's jersey, if we're going to be honest. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Don't, like, take it uh, differently, but he hasn't signed with them. All right, Odell has not signed with the Giants. It just said he was meeting with them. So nothing's concrete, nothing's written in stone. Okay, so can I ask one question, and I'll be done with this because I I would love to see it. Does anybody remember what he said about the Giants organization before he forced himself into a trade with the Cleveland Browns? He said he would never uh, return there. It was something along the lines he would never return to the Giants. Management is bad. The owner and him aren't friends because they never thought of him as a superstar and shit. Like, yeah, like a lot of – please, somebody fact-check me and say, hopefully I'm wrong. I'm praying to God I'm wrong because everything I've heard from, like, Odell about the Giants since he's been traded, nothing's been positive. Absolutely nothing. So – I mean, I guess. I want to see, see all the people who didn't burn their Odell jerseys trying to wear them again. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be a beautiful day. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. So that is all of our NFL talk for this week. Uh, all of our NFL talk for this week. Nope, nope, nope. It's not it. And I know I've been really quiet, but I have to bring this up because it does deal with the sport of football. Go ahead. Um, the Go Adam ahead. Gates Why Are Go You ahead. Still Here Award is going to none other than Antonio Brown. And anybody who knows me knows that oh, I always you know, you know Antonio what? Brown. I'm yes. so sorry. Yes. Go ahead. It's all yours. Yes. Um, I'll make mine really brief because I feel like Q is going to expound better than I can. Um, Antonio Brown apparently was on vacation and he was like, I don't want to say assaulting because that's kind of like a heavy word, but he was in a pool, like, you know, playing around with a woman and everything, like throwing her in the water and things like that. Nobody acknowledged the fact that he didn't. Yeah. He's he was naked. Ass hey. naked. Ass in a naked. public pool. <laughs> in Dubai. <laughs> in, in, in Dubai. Ass naked. Yeah. yeah. With a stiffy. You, 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 okay, I hate that I'm going to be this person, but here we go. No, he go hard ahead. dick. In a, I was going to be. Go ahead. Yo, yo, what type of drugs did you take to have a hard dick in a pool with other people around? Like, you have to be some type of kinky motherfucker to say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have a fucking a half chub literally in, in a pool. And then he started playing with himself in the pool on video. Um, can I say something real quick? Yeah, please, because I just, I can't defend him anymore. The only thing, do it. I, I'm going to make it short and sweet. Of Rick James. That's a hell of a drug. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> That's all I got. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. 
All right, so fine. I have a question for everybody on the sports desk right now, including Dan Ron, because I want his honest opinion. I think he's done enough episodes of his show to know as well. At what point can we actually stop blaming Devontae Burfick like it and just call a thing a thing? It's drugs. I mean, after the fact, like, I, I mean, you know, concussion, CTE, you know, we all know it's real, but, and I'm not going to get into the, the concussion talk again, but later on down the road, three, four, five, six years down the road, that's like when it really affects you out of nowhere. And, you know, the the only things that seem to stop the pain and the headaches and, and everything like that is drugs. Agreed. Mm-hmm. That, that's exactly how I felt about it. Um, I, I'll say one little point, and I'm going to let Q get his shit off when it comes to this. Um, so you... Well, I say you talking about me. I'm, I'm basically trying to talk to Greg and try to talk myself off the ledge. Um, Antonio Brown <laughs> has always been one of my favorite like players for his play on the field. I've always seen him and always held him to a higher esteem. Like... I felt like he was always better than like AJ Green. I always thought he was better than Julio. I always thought he was better than Odell. And the stats prove it. Personality, like he, he, okay, he had an opportunity to be better than Dion, and it. I can't figure out what it was, but it, it wasn't. It never like came to fruition. I, I still hold out hope for him. I really hope that he gets all the help that he deserves. And I'm glad that he's in a space now where he's doing like NFTs and everything to make himself better as a person. And I know somebody's like, hey, you know, Greg, you, you hate on Kyrie, but you like Antonio Brown. It's like, yeah, but Antonio Brown, he does dumb shit. Kyrie does like ignorant shit. And there's a distinct difference for me. But this one didn't sit right with me because you're in a pool as a grown man on vacation in Dubai where you know four facts shit like that will get you arrested. With, with a hard dick and a woman who honestly, like, you know how I am about, like, you know, women being mistreated and things like that. That happened. And people were smiling like, oh, it's just Antonio Brown. Like, you know, it's just almost as if it's like comedy. That shit is not comedy to me. For, for him to, you know, for me, like I said before, I feel like it's CTE, but it's also a little bit of drugs. So there's that. But Antonio Brown needs to get, like, some help. Like really, he needs some fucking help. Um, yeah, but that's not gonna that's not gonna take away from these jokes though, because I don't know what drugs he's ever. <laughs> I don't know what fucking drugs he took to literally. Oh, he he essentially jerked off in a pool, and nobody said a nobody blinked an eye. Everybody's like, "Oh, it's fucking Antonio Brown." Like we expect this. I want I want to be on the level of Antonio Brown where I can say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go on vacation <laughs> oh, no, no, and just no, not no, wear no. pants. Because I know everybody's thinking about it like, okay, he was in the pool, but nobody ever oh, thinks. Like, God. yo, like, he actually has to get out of the pool, like, butt-ass naked with a hard-on. Like, have you ever had a hard-on in the pool and you just sat, like, at the beach at the pool or some shit like that? And you had to just sit there for a couple of minutes and just make sure it goes soft? He literally jumped out of the water with the fucking hard on and started rubbing himself. The craziest one. No, he's my favorite person. 
He is getting oh, the Adam Gates Marcus Award. He is getting the actually no Julio Jones is getting the uh the Bill O'Brien, you know you done fucked up right award. Because if, if Julio doesn't retire by week eight, they can just cut him at this point. Just just he's making Roddy White look like he was the better receiver in Atlanta. And we honestly we just we thought something differently of Julio. This Julio shit has gone on far too long. Everybody thought that it was fucking uh, Marcus Mariota. Everybody thought that it was, you know, what's the name from Atlanta. Everybody thought that it was Tannehill. Like, no, it's it's actually Julio. He's really fucking bad. Like, not only is he bad, like, the injuries. Enough's enough, bro. Like, just go home. Just go home, Roger. Um, so Adam Gates, you know, is going to Antonio, but the Bill O'Brien, why, you know, you know you done fucked up right award? I'm giving that to Julio. I had to give my awards. Kyrie Irving's getting the honorary Fuck You Forever award because of that. And I'm going to go on mute. So, Q, you continue. Oh, boy. So, um, whew. that was a lot. First of all, the only thing that I have to say about Antonio Brown is that, motherfucker, take your fucking pills. Take your fucking pills. If you Q, I think he was just taking pills, but they were just blue. And they're called the Viagra's. Jesus, motherfucker. <laughs> but take your pills. If you know you have a mental condition or whatever, look, it's okay. This is 2022. <clears throat> mental illness is a lot, like, has, has come to the forefront and something that we need to recognize and understand and, 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 and treat. Take your goddamn pills, Antonio Brown. Take your fucking pills. And first, second of all, what the fuck are you doing in a pool in Dubai, the United Arab Emirates, where they have a, they basically have a law saying you cannot wear your, you cannot be in a public place without wearing a shirt. You're in a pool, butt-ass naked. You're in a pool, butt-ass naked. You have, you, like, you're showing your ass, like, literally, like, showing, like, putting your ass in the face of a woman that really doesn't, really doesn't care. Like, yeah, she thought it was funny. Oh, King. oh yeah, hey, hey, it's Antonio Brown. And then you're stroking your dick in the fucking pool in front of everybody. You're lucky you didn't get beheaded. You're very fucking lucky you didn't get the headache. I have nothing else to say. I, I, that's all I have to say. That, that is literally all I have to say about this shit. And I, yes, I wanted to like just pass over it or whatever. Fuck. Cashly. I, I, I think she's leaving now. And if she is, um, Cashly, thank you for, <clears throat> thank you for joining in. Um, we're glad, I'm so glad that you're feeling better. But yeah, I, 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 I'm sorry, Greg. I have nothing else. I, I can't. I can't. I just can't. Anyway. Yeah, that was just the wildest. Right that was the wildest news for me. That was it for me. Moving right along. So the, to the NBA. So the preseason has begun. Um, and tonight, tonight, Ben Simmons decides decided to show up to the office. He played it 
the, the, the 76ers' first preseason game. I mean, Jesus, motherfucking place. The Booker Nets' first preseason game was against the Philadelphia 76ers in Philly. In Philly. Quick thoughts. I watch highlights because, I mean, I know he got booed out the building. I mean, yeah. everybody knows that. But other than that, I don't really have any thoughts yet. Not until the season starts. That's when it really starts. That's when um, the really fun okay. begins. I, I'm, I'm going to say this. Um, I, I was going to call him a pussy. I'll just call him a coward. Um, you had three opportunities last season to play against Philly. I think it was like two at home and then one in Brooklyn. Uh, no, it was two in Philly and one in Brooklyn. And no, it was two and two because in the same uh, conference, right? So yeah, two and two. And you bitched out for all of them. And the first time you return, kind of like Kyrie did in Boston, you, you, you show up in a preseason game is if that matters. So now everybody's looking at you like, oh, you're the bitch that everybody was claiming that you were. That everybody who's played with you knows. Yo, like, I just, I have nothing positive to say about that guy. Like, when I say, like, when it comes to Ben Simmons, the issue I've always had with him has never been a personality thing. I just think, kind of like Kyrie, he's a little bit of a head case. But also, he feels so much higher about himself than everybody else does. And everybody's like, but, like, when your scout in college says that you are a head case and you're self-absorbed and nobody can tell you no without you being upset and wanting to like just quit that's a problem that that's a problem um i think there's something in his clause in his contract that pretty much like i don't know because i don't work there but i just feel as though like brooklyn putting that clause when they trade him is like oh no he's going to play neck you know all that, you know, you know, the mental health shit, they let it slide for a year. Now, I'm not saying mental health is shit. I'm just saying some people, some abuse it to the point where they feel as though they don't have to do anything. Ben Simmons has reached that point for me. I can't dictate his mental health, but as somebody who has been around people who like habitually lie and people who honestly just try to get over as much as they can, Ben Simmons, you know, Ben Simmons is running out of excuses. And he used them all in Philly. Brooklyn doesn't want to hear that shit. You have to play. So when he went there and, you know, he played against Philly or whatever, I didn't watch it because it's like I heard everybody talking about it on Twitter like, oh, yeah, well, he, you know, he's showing up so nobody can talk shit. It's like he's showing like up at a fucking pregame, like at a pregame, like Iverson doesn't show up for practice, but you're happy about this motherfucker being at a what? No. So, yeah, fucking like I just. I have nothing for Ben Simmons. I really, really, truly hope himself this year. He thinks he is. Because if not, you know who he is to me? Amari Stoudemire. A good player who has no accolades outside of the fact that he was a good player. And nobody can figure out exactly what he was good at. He was just a good player. Like, oh, Amari Stoudemire. Good player. What but what did he do? Uh, I don't know, but he was a good player. Like, so, yeah. that That's it for me when it comes to him. Fuck <laughs> Okay. Okay. Ex- ex- excellent points. Lou, do you have anything else you want to add? I do not. Nope. Let's move on. Okay. 
right. Our last NBA story, because we're not going to get too serious on the, on the NBA until next week. Or the week after, depends on depending on if we have a show next week, is this. Russ was nearly traded. Russell Westbrook, Brody, Mr. Brick himself, was nearly traded to the Indiana, Indiana Pacers. Oh, boy. We're not, and, and, you know, and you see, I am purposely avoiding um, the saga in, in Phoenix with Robert Sauber. That's a conversation. That's a longer conversation for another day. Um, yeah, I just don't feel like talking. I just don't feel like talking about it. Anyway, rest of I only have one. I have one thing I want to say about that because I've said it three weeks ago, three episodes ago. Yeah, Russell Westbrook is going to be the comeback player of the year. Don't be surprised that whatever team he ends up on, if Lakers or not, he ends up being MVP caliber. He has a point to prove. And I feel like he was done wrong by the Lakers last year in every way, shape, and fashion. So just just wait. Comeback play of the year, it's going to happen. Because he's going to average fucking like 24 points a game. And people are going to be like, oh, what the fuck happened? Like, Russ is back. Russ is back to that level. It's like, yo, he's always been at that level. The issue is people were focusing on the wrong person. Like, oh, Russ is shooting too much. It's like... Is nobody like remembering the fact that Anthony Davis ain't done shit all season? Who else is going to shoot other than LeBron? If it wasn't for like Russ, the Lakers wouldn't have won twenty of the games that they did win, and that's a fact. Okay. So, comeback play of the year, I'm predicting it is going to be Russ. If the Lakers end up like you know winning the finals and some shit like that. It's going to be on the back of Russ. Russ is sick of everybody talking that shit that they talked to him as if people forgot who the fuck Russell Westbrook is. He's a dog. And I can't wait. I'm going to sit there as a Celtics fan, regardless of where he's, even if he's in LA, I'm going to be like, yo, I'm rooting for Russ this year. He deserves more credit than he's given. And he's just a good guy, man. I, just, I felt like they really did that man wrong. So, comeback player of the year, my prediction, Russ. That's it. Okay, not a problem. So, um, update on the Sunday on the Monday night football game: the San Francisco Forty Nineers are chasing the Los Angeles Rams twenty-four to nine. Matt Matt Stafford on the previous series threw a pick six in the fourth quarter of the season. Matt Stafford, Stafford. Has no touching touchdown, touch, uh, passing touchdown, and three interceptions. Last year, he had zero interceptions and 171 attempts in the fourth quarter. All of last season. But, and, and that's the, fa- the factoid of the night. But going back to Russ, going back to the story, an internal, <clears throat> an internal debate in quotation marks, reportedly continues to wage on behind the scenes as the Los Angeles Lakers decide whether to trade Russell Westbrook. Shams, Sharania, Sam Amick, and Johan Buha of The Athletic reported that the Lakers' brain touch of Rob Palenka, Jenny Buss, and Kurt, Kurt Randles met ahead of training camp and, quote, seriously considered, unquote, a trade that would have sent Westbrook and two future first round picks to the Indiana Pacers for Miles Turner and Buddy Hill. 
the opinions of Coach Darvin Ham and Lakers executive Joey and Jesse Buss were also reportedly strongly considered in the process. The Lakers has final say on basketball moves, but the, but the group decided it would not make a move unless a consensus was reached. With Westbrook opening the preseason in the Lakers uniform, there were obviously differing opinions on how to handle the situation. Jimmy Buss was reportedly Westbrook's strongest champion among the brain trust, believing a combination of ham style and on court play could be the solution here. Ham, Darvin Ham has expressed excitement about coaching Westbrook on multiple occasions and has publicly publicly preached accountability, particularly on the defensive end. There, it's clear there is no guarantee that Westbrook will remain with the organization due to the end of the season. The Lakers' current plan is to, quote, remain patient and see, unquote, if Westbrook fits better under hand than he did under former coach Frank Vogel, who clashed with the 2017 MVP throughout last season. There is some danger in waiting. The Pacers are not going to sit around and hope the Lakers come back to the trade table if an opportunity presents itself to move Turner and or Hill. They'll strike. Indiana could also start out hotter than expected as his young roster starts coalescing. From a pure basketball perspective, Turner and Hill are better fit nesting LeBron and Anthony Davis than Westbrook. So James and Westbrook are at their, at their apex of effectiveness with the ball in their hands. And Westbrook's lack of shooting prowess makes him a liability when he's asked to spot up. Taking the ball out of James' hand in favor of Westbrook makes little sense given the fact LeBron is a far superior basketball player. The Lakers' long-standing obsession with star power may be clouding the front office's vision, given most outside observers have already come to the conclusion that this trio simply does not work on the floor. Your thoughts? Well, LeBron's already came out. He's been talking into AD's ear um, about him taking over as the team leader, which I find pretty surprising. But, um, you know, I I thought Indiana was in a rebuild. I swear the same thing. Because if they're in a rebuild, why? I mean – would Miles Turner and Buddy Hill fit better with LA? I think so. But why would Westbrook, you know, why would he go to a team that's on like a full rebuild? I, I just don't get that. Yep. So I don't think it's necessarily like the uh, process of going to a team in a rebuild because Indiana will buy him out. This is okay. So you so, so you've been a double negative then. Like you would literally you lose your star, then you would lose a potential star in Westbrook for some picks. I understand you're in rebuild, but you also have to have sons in there. Like right, they, right. they've been in rebuild, at least for me, in my personal opinion, it feels like the Pacers have been in rebuild mode for the past seven seasons. So I, I mean at that. some point yeah. we gotta be like, all right, like you're no longer rebuilding. Either you're gonna do like Utah or you're going to blow just, it all and blow it all the way up. Yeah, yeah. But it's like Indiana doesn't want to blow it all up because they're like, okay, we, we also got to get asses in these seats. 
Indiana, even though I've never been, I would like to think the legacy that they have with Reggie and, you know, the finals games and shit like that, like, it's like, at some point, you gotta be like, guess what? We, we need somebody to fill these seats. They picked up nobody in the draft. I think they have oh, that now with Tyrese Halliburton. They had that in the previous years with Miles Turner and with and with Miles Turner, with Malcolm Brogdon, and with Demontis Sabonis. Okay. They have and they're all gone now, right? Tyrese Halliburton. Which is proving my point, though, Q. They've been rebuilding for at least seven seasons. Like, they've had all these players, and they're all gone. Ever since um, George Paul was his way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel no sympathy for either team. Like, the Lakers are the Lakers. The Pacers are the Pacers. Whatever that Indiana, you know, that Indiana wanted to give to L.A., it wouldn't be worth what they were getting. And I also feel as though when it comes to them, it's like, like, why would you want to? I like Buddy Heaton and everything. Like, but it's like, no, no. You're going to give him up to go to the Lakers to win one ring, and then they're just going to blow up the team all over again the next season when they lose. They did the same shit when they won in 2020. They had all these, you know, players. They blew them up. They won the finals, and then next year, everybody's gone. And we're sitting there like, oh, so as long as, you know, LeBron has a team, they, just get, they get to blow up every year. They get to end up with either a star or a whole bunch of potential. If you look, like, right now at when LeBron got to the Lakers, what he had that first year compared to what he had in 2020, it's like, oh, look at all those stars in 2022. But when he got there in, what, 2018, 2019, they were all, like, they were capable. They had potential. They had all the potential in the world, but he knew for a fact he couldn't get it done. So you know what they did? They blew the fucking team up. Blew the team up, got a whole bunch of old motherfuckers, and said, you know what? We're getting a ring. JaVale McGee somehow managed to get a fucking ring on LeBron. On LeBron. So now what we're saying is we're going to take a whole bunch of people from the Pacers and put them on the, the scrub-ass Lakers, and they're going to win? You know, in my eyes, what that says, the fucking Indianapolis, uh, the Indiana Pacers could have literally won if they had, you know, if they were a piece away. Go get you a star. Why the fuck do you need to rebuild then? Because you had the pieces. You traded your two most valuable pieces to potentially let another team win a, like a ring? No. Indiana needs to say where they're at, which is, in my personal opinion, a fifth, sixth seed in the playoffs this season. I've always believed in them. It's just one of those things where, like, giving up everything you have for somebody that you intend on cutting anyway, that's stupid. It's just really dumb. I'm not saying you're stupid, you, or, like, what you said was dumb. It's just, in my head, it just tangibly does not make sense. Okay. It doesn't make sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Oh, and, that's, and, that, and that's a perfectly fine argument. Um, Lou, what do you have to say? Oh, I've already... I don't have anything else to say about it. I mean, it's... It, 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 like I said, I thought Indiana was at a rebuild. And for them to go out just to get, you know, the trade away healed and Turner for Westbrook and then buy him out so he could just sign with anybody... I mean, you know, it's it doesn't make sense. It just makes no no sense whatsoever to me. That's all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, great arguments on all sides. Um, yeah. Um, so that's all I have for the NBA. The MLB okay. Hold on, hold on. Really quick, really quick, really quick. Go ahead. Really quick. Go ahead. Q. 
Um, I know we are long in the tooth, but I just have to say this. I'm gonna make it really quick. Um, as a Celtics fan, as a Celtics fan, the coach needs to go. The organization needs to own up. I'm sure that there's way more that is not being said to protect, you know, Brad Stevens and that organization. I think Brad is not the, you know, at fault for what's going on with, you know, what's the name? Dope or whatever. Like, it, he may use that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Brad Stevens' fault. I feel like he's trying to do his best to protect the brand. But there's a lot to be said about Boston, you know, and how they're handling these things. I saw the Instagram post and it was like back to business and shit like that. Thank you. You should have done that from the beginning by honestly letting whatever's going on behind the scenes either be behind the scenes or be worked out behind the scenes. Me, I'm not scapegoating him. I think he should be fired. When I say fire, I don't want the one year shit. If y'all gonna be done with him, be done with him. Don't give him that one year so people can get over this shit and do like you guys did in the NFL with Aaron Rodgers and act like this shit didn't exist the next time you see him. He needs to be gone. And that's coming from a Celtics fan. I feel like he, they have a more than capable assistant coach, but more importantly, that team is going to be that team with or without the coach that they have. They learned the lessons that they needed to learn from him. He got them to the finals. Thank you. Now let's move on. So that's where I'm going to leave that. But he definitely should be fired. He should not coach in the NBA, not on in like Kings uh, or anything like that. On any fucking team in the NBA, he should not coach. And I'll leave it there. Okay, so okay, so you're, you're, uh, um, that is a, that is a perfect argument to make. That and there's a lot of people that agree that Emei Udoka's NBA coaching career is finished. But we know we know how the NBA is. We know. We know how the NBA is. We know how the NFL is. Just talking about coaches. Looking at the current coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, Josh McDaniels, who basically quit on his team 10 years ago, and now he's a head coach again. People. Anyway, <clears throat> I agree with you 100%. This is something that <clears> – <throat> this is something uh, – this is something I wanted to devote to next week's show, but I'm glad. But I'm glad, Greg. I'm glad that you brought it up because it's something that needs to be. It, it, it's definitely something that needs to be talked about. The 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 the, the boss Celtics should not have suspended Ime Udoka. They should have fired him. They should have fired him. We talk all the time on this on this podcast about protecting women, about protecting women, Emei Udoka, even though he didn't do anything, like, you know, he didn't physically assault a woman, he didn't any anything like that. But I know as a super, I can talk personally, as a supervisor, as a supervisor, now as a supervisor, I cannot, I cannot, and I will not go after or approach in a non-professional manner any of my female employees, my women, female and women employees. That's a violation of my ethics. That's a violation of my contract. That's a violation of womanhood. The fact that Ime Udoka did those things 
And the initial comments were crass in nature to a subordinate. To a subordinate. That's a fireable offense. It's a fireable offense. Absolutely fireable offense. He should have been fired as the coach of the Celtics. Not suspended for a full season. He should have been fired because if that was me or that was you in that situation, Greg, or that was you in that situation, Lou, we would have been fired. Even if there wasn't a you know, a, a, a nepotism or, you know, you, you cannot date or whatever. That would have been a fireable offense for any, for, for, for all three of us. We would have been fired, especially if you hold a position of authority, you hold a position of, you hold a supervisory position, you are someone's boss. We would have been fired. No questions asked. Sue us and we will win. Am I right or am I wrong and for saying this and for feeling this way? No, you're right. I just, I'm at the point with all professional sports, the the mistreatment of personnel, meaning like the people on staff, it's just egregious at this point. I don't have an explanation. I think it's a little bit ridiculous that it continues to happen. Um, but there are a lot of people who protect the upper like management and this extends to the commanders and everywhere else. I'm kind of over it because I feel like nothing's going to change. But there's definitely some people that we've even talked about tonight. We talked about the Celtics. We talked about the Dolphins. Nobody is saying what's the consequence to the team. They are complicit in every action. You think these fucking coaches, I'm sorry, the assistant coaches, the personnel, the players don't know about this shit. Same same thing with the Houston Texans. You You think that Deshaun was the only one? There are, there are a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes and nobody wants to say anything, but everybody's watching. All of us are reading the news. We're seeing these things and we're like, okay, well, what's next? But nobody's asking the real question of when are they going to get blamed? Stop taking the first Ooh, round picks, the second round great, picks and shit like that. Start making point. their asses ineligible for shit. Like when I say ineligible, be like, you know what? Guess what? Your team isn't eligible for this game, but you motherfuckers still got to play. If you win 38 to 7, guess what? You still lost. Now somebody's going to be like, yeah, Greg, that doesn't make great sense. Point. A, lot of, a lot of that shit doesn't make sense to me to this day. So I'm still in the, the mind frame of fuck them. So. That is a great, great point. That is a great, great point. Lou, what do you have to say? Uh, what's, your, what's your opinion about this? I, I, I mean... Uh, should he be fired? Of course. Absolutely. 100%. Um, suspending him for a season, I think they're just prolonging the fact that they're going to fire him. Um, I don't know why they didn't just do it right off the bat. Just get it done and over with. I have no idea why they're dragging this out. 
Um, but you and Greg both explained it perfectly. So, I mean, excuse me. I I definitely appreciate I definitely appreciate that viewpoint. And I, you know, I, I'm that passionate about this because, like, I've been the employee, and now I am the supervisor. You know, I, I, I you know, I have a role as a supervisor and and as an administrator, as a school administrator, low level school administrator, but but an administrator nonetheless. If that's me, and I went. And I did that, did what Ime Udoka did to one of my employees, and it got back to, and it got to HR. I'm fired without any explanation. I'm fired. I'm fired. I'm literally being called into an office and said, here's your pink slip, your termination letter. You're out of here. And the fact that the in the fact that the the, the, the Boston Celtics decided, okay, we'll suspend him for a year and maybe we'll bring him back. And okay, if he applies for another head coaching position, um, we're not gonna stop him from doing so. Let me tell you something. If that was me, or that was you, Lou, or that was you, Greg, we are blacklisted. We would be blacklisted. Yeah. Okay, I know. Yeah, we would be blacklisted. So the fact that he wasn't, and the fact that the Celtics tried to hide it under a one-year suspension, and oh yeah, he may be able to come back as a coach. No, he should have been fired from the spot. On the spot. He should have been fired on the spot. And that's what I that's what I hate. Double fucking standard because the NBA is a billion dollar league. The Celtics makes six hundred million dollars a year and they're worth what two and a half, three maybe $4 billion. What? It's a fucking double standard that needs to end. If we, us normal peasants, peons, can get fired for things like that, everyone should get, should have, should be fired for fucking with a subordinate and talking down on and disrespecting a subordinate. When, especially when you hold a supervisory position. Everyone. Ime Udoka should have been fired on the spot. Not, okay, uh, you can sit out a year. We, we rehabilitate yourself on, no. Us in, us in America, us working people in America, us that don't work for billion dollar companies, or, you know, whatever, but whole positions of supervisory that, you know, that makes us supervisors and, and bosses of other people. He should have been fired. He should have been fired on the spot. He should have been fired when they found out all that was happening. He should 
have been fired. Ime Udoka's coaching career should be in the fucking trash, fully in the trash can. And the fact that it's not, and the fact that he's he could have a position to hold a head coaching position next season is despicable and it's despicable and should not happen. With that being said, with that being said, it is time for the award section of the night. Greg, I know I know you already gave your part of your awards out. Lou, do you have any for tonight? Um, I just got one, and uh, it just happened about an hour and a half, two hours ago at this Monday night or this uh, yeah, this Monday night game. Um. The Bill O'Brien, you know, you don't fucked up award goes to this crazy ass fan who ran onto the field with one of those those purple smoke bomb things or whatever they are, <laughs> <laughs> and got his ass lit up by a 49ers linebacker. So yeah, my, my, that's who my award goes to this week. So. Have a, have a fun night. Have a fun night in jail, buddy. So we'll see you next week. The no, no, no. We won't see you at Levi Stadium anymore. You'll probably permanently banned. Oh yeah, you're probably permanently banned. So good luck watching it on on on, on Sunday, Sunday Ticket, which will next season be on Alpha TV. Well, anyway, good point. Very very good point. Very, very good point. My Bill O'Brien, you know, you know, fuck the right award, goes to the Boston Celtics for not firing Ime Udoka on the fucking spot. This is a two-part award. My other, <clears throat> my other Bill O'Brien, you know, fuck the right award goes to Daniel Mark Snyder for having a motorcade for escaping uh, AT Jerry World, AT&T Stadium, in a fucking motorcade like you're the fucking president of the United States. Fuck you, Daniel Mark Snyder. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck everything about you, your family, your <laughs> wife, all, all your family, your wife, your sister, your brothers. Oh, my God. Everything about you. Wow. Okay. <laughs> She's a pig. Oh my god, yo. <laughs> and that that is cute. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I said it, and I hope Daniel Snyder hears this podcast and sues the fuck out of me because you will lose. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, this is uh, constructive criticism when it comes to podcasting, right? But is I don't mind the commanders. Um, I just. I think they're a really bad team with good players. Does that make sense? In my head, that makes sense. No, like it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. This is a so, bad team with good players and bad yeah. coaching and bad man. I wish them all the best, though. Um, Dan Snyder, though, I, I think everybody's kind of talked about him enough to be like, you know what? Like nothing's going to change. So it's like either you deal with it or you just deal with it and with him 
you just deal with it. I wish everybody on the Washington Commanders all good things, including him. I just really hope I don't have to hear a story from him in three months about him being a part of some allegation that happened with some player or some team owner or something like that. And there's no consequence because right now it makes it feel like he can do no wrong and all he does is wrong. So, yeah. Also, Q, I just want to make this little note before we get up out of here. Um, You still have your final week that you cannot pick the Washington football team to win. So um, with that being said, I hope your team does lose this week again. Because one confidence, one confidence, just uh, he said, every week for the last four weeks, one confidence. <laughs> because that would have effectively said, put them in the playoffs. It actually helped my record. It actually helped my record. And I, and, and, I hold on, I, I, you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna pull it up. Where Go we ahead. are now that the, now that now that uh, Monday night football is over, week five, week four is officially done. Oh boy. Oh boy! Oh, <laughs> oh shit! All right, the standings. Ooh, I had a good week. The standing, actually, this week, actually, well, Greg had a great week. Greg got, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven correct picks. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Lou, you had mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five, Keep six, going. seven, eight, Keep going. nine, ten, eleven. A little bit more. A little bit more. No, there 11. we go. You picked the Rams tonight, and they lost. I did. I did. Cashly, for the first week that she actually picked, she had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. What? Cashley won the week. She won the week. Cashley won the week. Her first week actually picking. And she had, what, 12 out of what? 14 games? Because there might be a tie. Hold on. I'm going to count it again. One, two. So she picked Cincinnati, Minnesota, correctly. Dallas, the Giants, Philly, Buffalo, Chargers, Arizona, Green Bay, Las Vegas, and Kansas City. So she had 10 wins, but she didn't win the week, but she came damn close. And then... Cute. But here's the thing. She almost had a perfect week. Mm -hmm. A perfect week. I correctly picked Kansas City, Green Bay, Arizona, Chargers, Buffalo, the Giants, Dallas, Minnesota. God damn it. And just like the commanders, you came in last. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck you. Oh, oh yes. Anyway, yeah. That was it. All right. Uh. All right. All right. So we are done with the awards this week. Let's go. All right. Let's pick four games. Let's pick four games for next week. <clears throat> All right. Go on. All right. Week five. Week five. If you are in no random order, I'm just I'm just picking I'm just picking teams. In week five, there's a lot of shit matchups. So this one's gonna be interesting. First game. The Buck the Pittsburgh Steelers with Kenny Pickett's first start as the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> <versus> <laughs> the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Who do you have? 
Uh, I got the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers. And if Lou doesn't pick the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm going I'm gonna talk shit about Lou and the fans <laughs> of the Pittsburgh Steelers from for the next three weeks. Because the one game that he should say, you know what? They have think about it. New quarterback, all the hype, and I wanna say, aren't they playing in Pittsburgh too? No, they're in Buffalo. No, they're, they're in Buffalo. Buffalo. Even, they're in even better. Beat Buffalo at home. And you end up getting the number one spot in your division. It, who else? Who else but Pittsburgh? I'm All right, I'll Pittsburgh. take. I'll take Pittsburgh. Who okay, has Pittsburgh? Great. Yeah. I got Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Buffalo Bills for me. All right, Crazy. going to the Thursday night game. And we're actually going to do five this week because you know we got the international. We got the international series. So I'm going to be third tonight football. Indianapolis Colts versus the Denver Broncos at home at an hour field at Mile High. Who do you have? Time. 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 Well, I think Jonathan Taylor's injured. So I'm going to yeah, have to go is. with Denver. I'm going to have to go with Denver. Going with, I'm going with Denver. So we are unanimous on that one. The London game, which is the New York Giants versus the Green Bay Packers. Where's the game at? The game is in London. But the, oh, the Packers are the home. You just the said home that, too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Giants. Uh, um, uh, Greg has the Giants. No, I'm going to go Packers because all the talk this week is going to be about Odell Beckham possibly signing, and they're going to find him in a swimming pool with Antonio Brown in London. Jesus fucking Yo. I'm going going with the Packers. I'm going with the Packers. I'm going with the Packers. All right. What could be the 1 o'clock, the game of the week for the 1 o'clock slate? Oh, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> oh, my God. Like, this slate sucks. All right. The Tennessee Titans versus the Washington Commanders. I think that's going to be the game of the one o'clock slate. Are you kidding me? You think that's going to be the, the game other of game the week? Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Miami, New York Jets. Hey, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah, Miami, that's a much Miami, better Miami, game. New York. Miami, New York Jets. Who you have? The New York Jets. The New York Jets. I'm going with the Jets. Zach Wilson is going to go 2-0 and in his first two starts of the season. All right. The game of the week for the 4 o'clock site is... Jesus Christ, this fucking sucks, too. Oh my god. So the four o'clock games is three because this is when the bye weeks begin. We have San Francisco, Carolina, Dallas, LA Rams, and Philadelphia, Arizona. Let's go with Philadelphia, Arizona. Oh, ooh, there's your game of the week right there. That's your game of the week right there. Philadelphia at at the Arizona Cardinals. Who do you have? Mm, Philly. Ooh, okay. Um, uh, Greg, I already know you're picking the Cardinals. Well, let me let me explain why though. Yeah, he's got to explain why. Really quick, 
D-Hop comes back the week after. No, so why not? Six weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks. So he, but they don't they have the bye week six, games. though? Week seven is when he's eligible to return. But that's the thing. They have the bye week for week six. Is it them or is it Buffalo who has the week six bye? No, 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 no. Arizona. He's out. Nope. What I'm saying is they don't have a game for week six. So if they don't have a game week six, then he comes back the right. game. So, well, it, it's got to be. Well, is it six weeks or is it six games that he's suspended? It's six six weeks, games. So. He's suspended for six games. He's suspended for six games. And week six, the Cardinals play the Seahawks. Oh, okay, fine. I can live with that. I can live with that. Um, I'm still going to go with the upset. And the reason why I'm going with that is the entire narrative of this week for everybody is going to be, is James Conner worse with the Steelers or with Arizona? I'm going to say with Arizona – but I'm also going to have to say that he's going to show up because he has no choice. It's going to be a running game for them this week. Eagles can't really stop the run. They can stop everything else. In Arizona, uh, you might be right about that. Okay. So you're going with Arizona. I am going, Absolutely. I'm going to go against the grain and say the Arizona Cardinals are going to beat the Philadelphia 76ers. They're going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And there will be no more undefeated teams in the NFL after next week. All right. Week five. Sunday night game. The Cincinnati Bengals versus the Baltimore Ravens. This is going to be a six. This is a six-pick special this week. Where's the game at? Bengals, Ravens. In Baltimore. <clears throat> Cincinnati. Greg? Yeah, I got to go with Cincinnati as well. Um, Have you seen how Lamar Jackson, how RB1 Lamar Jackson has played after losses, after losses this season? I'm going Baltimore. I mean, you know I, what? I normally would agree, but I mean, so is Cincinnati. So... The only thing that I'm, besides me picking Cincinnati, the only thing I'm going to say about this game is bet the over. This is going to be like that Seattle-Detroit game. Absolutely bet the over. Absolutely bet the over. Absolutely bet the over. And our final game that we're going to pick for next week is Monday. next Monday night. The... Oh, the Las, the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. Oh God! Kansas City wins fifty-six to three. Jesus Christ! Okay. Okay, Greg. What do you What do you say? Greg. <laughs> Greg. He's busy. It's all good. <clears throat> I'm going to go with Kansas City. I'm going to go uh, a week, This past week's game for the Las Vegas Raiders against the Broncos is an aberration. Devontae Adams is not going to go off again. So I'm going with I'm going with the Chiefs. Now, did you see that pass that 
that Patrick Mahomes made. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Christ. Yeah. He's pretty good at football. He's pretty good at throwing the fucking ball. <laughs> pretty good at throwing the fucking ball. Or, oh. in his way, or in Patrick Mahomes' um, thought, spinning, doing a 360 against his defender and then tossing the ball. So, yeah, I'm going, I'm going with the Chiefs. Greg, I don't know. He's probably going to say wrong. Go ahead. No, I'll, I'll go with Kansas City. Like, Kansas I believe, City. like, anything's possible. Okay. Good choice. Good choice. Good choice. Well, this has been another episode, another great episode from the bar of the Young Black and Body Sports Desk. Thank you, Lou. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Cashley, recovering from COVID, um, for joining us tonight. Thank you to all of those who have listened to the entire show tonight. John, thank you very much. Dan Watt, we love you, man. <clears throat> Founder of the Sports on Stereo, Sports on Stereo hashtag. And we have one final comment before we get out of here. Here we go. Lou, don't do it. Don't let Greg talk you into losing your pick. Go with Buffalo. <laughs> you know, John does not understand how this works. Like, they, I know they sound like hot takes. They sound like hot takes, but they never are. Like, don't just pick the popular team because they're the popular team. It always ends up hurting when you have to be like, damn, I got to go listen to Greg talking shit for 10 minutes about why he was right. Just go. Trust me. Hear me out. Let, here, let, let me add this. I, I'm going to back up my pick. And the only reason I'm going to back up my pick is that we beat Buffalo in week one last year in Buffalo. And we did it with a worse quarterback. We have a better quarterback and a more mobile quarterback. So hopefully, you know, lightning strikes twice. We'll see. Yes, we will definitely see. Uh, we would definitely see. I, 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 I have to say this because uh, this is literally the best sports show in stereo. This is literally the, sport, the best sports podcast, and hopefully, people listen. And of course, I, we know Dan Wide loves us to death. But John, please follow us on Twitter. The show's podcast. The show's Twitter is at Young. Uh, why be bothered? On Instagram, we are at Young Black Pod. Follow us. Show us some love. Show us some love. Show us some love. Um, thank you again for listening to the Young Black About the Sports Desk. We love you. We appreciate you. Um, look out for in case we decide to take next Monday off because it's a holiday. You probably won't, but just look out for updates. Um, much. One final voicemail and then we're getting out of here. Here we go. Just want to say Quentin's quality team got lucky tonight. I got my first loss in fantasy. I will not lose again. <laughs> oh, okay, I, lost, I, lost a, I lost a good amount of money tonight um, in DFS. Yeah, I, I, I understand. I, I definitely understand. I, I definitely understand. We definitely understand. 
can we can we look at that really quick? Go ahead. Um, so if we look at the YBAB Sports Desk League right now, the the two teams that like to cheat, which are the South Florida Riders and the Miami Choppers, they made a drastic trade on Thursday. Um, Mike Evans and Ezekiel Elliott were traded from the South Florida, uh, South Florida Riders to the Miami Choppers, which is Derek Henry and the dude DuVernay from Baltimore. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just letting them know this straight out. I'm no longer accepting any trades from those two teams. They've now attempted, they let, I let one go, but they've had officially three trades. And they tried to trade the hot player from the previous week to this team. And you know yeah, how it didn't, I, work out. It, didn't work. it didn't work out. So please, for them who either listening or not, don't let it happen again. And the reason why is it's collusion. It's absolutely collusion. As somebody say, well, why they only why don't they trade with other teams? They don't. That's why it's collusion. Ironically, mm-hmm. they are both from Florida. You can't it makes it look like it's just one team. With like the same, you know, I'm sorry, two teams, with the same player. And I, I, I know he's about to leave a voice. I was like, oh, that's my team. That's my team. I'm letting you know this now. I'm not accepting any fucking trades from them. Because at some point, it honestly looks terrible. It looks like they're just trading each other's favorite players between each other. You know what I mean? So, no, I'm not letting it fly. I'm vetoing your shit. Hey, you know what? You have a, we have we have a final comment for John. Here we go. Greg, stop hating. It's not cheating. I needed a top receiver, and I got it. Thank you. He said he got a top receiver in Mike Evans, right? A top okay. receiver. Okay. Like, and lost. And what, like, what did the other team need? Both teams lost this week. That's the funniest fucking part about it. John, I'm oh, assuming wow. John is the Miami, what is it? The fucking Miami Choppers, right? So he had um, the team who had Mike Evans, right? So he slid Mike Evans in there. Uh, so his team is Josh Allen, Cortland Sutton, Brandon Ayuk, Mike Evans, Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, George Kittle, Stevenson, Greg Joseph, and Buffalo, right? Explain where he needed a top receiver. Like he didn't have fucking Cortland Sutton and Brandon Ayuk sitting right there. You also have Nick Chubb and Ezekiel Elliott, right? You also have George Kittle, right? And then on his bench, he has Curtis Samuel. He has Tyler Higby, Jerry Judy. He has the Rams defense, Jimmy Garoppolo, fucking um, Robinson from the Rams. And he has Devin Singletary, right? Stack roster. You shouldn't be losing. The thing is, he's going off of pure name recognition. This, sir, is why your team fucking lost. Sometimes it's not about the big name. Sometimes it's honestly about the play. So when you and the other Florida team that likes to cheat both lose in the same week, I just have to laugh because you lost to Cash. <laughs> now, mind you, mind you. Oh, boy. Go ahead. Now, mind you. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Last comments. Oh, God. Here goes another call. Oh, boy. All right. Who's playing this, last, playing this last one? And then mm-hmm. here we go. 
I should have not lost tonight. I should have started Tyler Higby. But I did need a number one receiver in Mike Evans. The rest of my receivers are just suspect. They don't score over 15 points. Dude, this guy's crazy. I I got an idea. I got an idea, guys. Go ahead. Why don't we see who's in charge of the other team and see if they'll come on to sports test too. Exactly. Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm yeah. fine with that. I'm, I'm definitely fine with that. I'm definitely fine with that. Mm. that that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. That's actually pretty crazy. Because if you look at, here's the thing, if you look at both of the teams, and I know we're getting out of here, if you look at both of the teams, he said he needed a number one receiver, right? Why didn't you go after Jamar Chase? Why didn't you go after Stephon Diggs? You went after Mike Evans. Hmm. You could have even gotten Mike Williams. Oh, no, he traded for that, Hold on. Wait a minute. I got to look at this trade one more time because this is ridiculous. That, no, that was the one we vetoed, right? Because we, we all called that one to be a mm-hmm. trade. Yeah, he we wanted to trade. He wanted Mike Williams and Stephon Diggs for... George Kittle, Jerry Judy, and Derrick Henry, right? We vetoed that because we were like, okay, that come on now. Like, that was like three days into the season, pretty much. So, we vetoed that. And then we gave them Mike Evans and Ezekiel Elliott for, and mind you, he said he wanted a number one receiver, but traded DuVernay, who clearly is going to be the, the guy in Baltimore for Mike Evans, who is competing in the committee. But he, he traded away Derrick Henry. Listen, I'm not going to lie, but that that second trade, the the Derrick Henry one, mm-hmm. yeah, I voted I voted against that shit. <laughs> oh yeah, because it does it didn't make sense. Like, here's the thing: I don't care if you need a number one receiver. You're trading away a <sighs> mm, what? <yes. laughs> You're trading right. away Derrick Henry to a team that's also called a Florida team. Like, they didn't even have the like. The, the concept of saying, you know what, we're not going to name our teams from the same fucking state. It looks like collusion. You shouldn't tell me the Miami Choppers traded to the South Florida Riders. <laughs> like, what? That doesn't make sense. Either way, I'm just letting him know now. Y'all are not getting any trades off anymore. <laughs> and don't try another trade with somebody else. Because oh, mind you, they oh, no, 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 we have, he, he said, hold on, he, hold on, hold on. He's, hold on, hold on, Q. He said he needed a number one receiver, but he only keeps trying to make trades with another Florida team. Like there's not fucking seven more teams in the league. Didn't trade with anybody else, just the same Florida team. <clears throat> and, and nobody calls it out. Well, guess what, sir? No more. No more. The shit's being vetoed. You heard it. Here uh, so, so we are. So after these last two comments by John, because I know he left both of them, we are we are closing out for the night and for this week. Um, mm-hmm. Again, thank you so much to everyone who joined us live and listened live, especially Dan, like I said, John and Dan Rod. They were here the whole day. Um, they were here the whole show. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Um, I'm gonna play these last three comments. Now four comments, and then we're getting out of here. Here we go. I can make that happen. If you guys are going to be on Monday, I'll have him come on. That could be yes, anybody. Please. 
Yeah. No, it could be anybody. It's probably, probably going to be him, but hey, <laughs> we, we would love to have you on. We would love Man, to have he you could on. Have... Okay. Next comment. Here we go. I tried going after both of them. Trust me, I went back and forth trying to get any one of his receivers. I tried getting other receivers from other teams. He was the only one willing to trade. You guys vetoed my first trade. You fucked me all up because I could have had Stephon Diggs. But I finally got Mike Evans. And if you, like I said, I can have him on Monday. Just let me know. Send, send me a trade, John. Send me a trade. Yeah, send me and, a and, trade. And, yeah. Look, look, look at my team and see who you want because I'm the team that's in first place right now. So... Yeah, just go ahead. All right, next comment. Here we go. And I gave away Derrick Henry because he was playing like shit. He finally had a good game this week. Dude, it's Derrick Henry. You think he's going to play like shit all year? <laughs> it's Derrick Henry. Jesus fucking uh, All right, uh, last, last comment, and then we are out of yeah, here. Yeah, we got to get out. We got to get out. Here. Here we go. Like I said, I tried trading with other teams. They rejected my trade. No one wanted to trade. Greg, you have a garbage-ass team. I'm not going to trade anything for your team. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Until next week, folks. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for Young Black and Violet Sports Desk. Thank you. Yeah, we love you and thank you. Um, we'll see you all maybe next yeah. week. Maybe next week. If not, definitely two weeks from now. Have a good night, right. everybody. Later on. Thanks. Thanks, John. Thanks, Dan Rudd. Peace out. Peace out. Hey, do you have the Wi Fi password? Common words everyone has said in an airport, coffee shop, or any public place with free internet. Don't fall victim to internet hackers while using free internet thanks to NordVPN. NordVPN is one of those services you tell yourself you don't need until it's too late. We've used the NordVPN to browse the web, check bank accounts, and even stream apps like Netflix. It's the only VPN service that lets you bypass ISPs, perfect for when your job has sites you frequent like Facebook is blocked. It's the best VPN service you can get for both price and performance. Install NordVPN on up to six devices, including your smartphone, tablet, and desktop, and experience the service for yourself. Start protecting yourself and your content with NordVPN by heading over to nordvpn.com forward slash YBAB at checkout and save 75% on your subscription. (laughs) 